All right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Fairway, and I'm here with my co-host, Ken Chan, as well as two special guests. This is the first time that we actually have two guests on the podcast. We have Anthony Simpson and Chris Lynn, who have both been guests on the I'm There podcast previously. So check those episodes out if you guys want. Their names should be in the descriptions of those. But we are going to be talking about... The whole United Nations on this episode. We do. We have a bit of everything here. We got um, some black, white, and Asian. We got everything, you know, almost everything. But we are going to be talking about... Irish, too. That's true. Is this real? Are we doing this? Yes, that represents Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, he has red hair. All right, that's not that's not why that's not why. But <laughs> I'm not doing this with y'all today. God damn it, we're here to talk about Final Fantasy VII remake. All right, so guys, that's what this episode is going to basically be about. It is also going to be obviously comparing Final Fantasy VII remake to the original Final Fantasy VII. And right, let's get into it. Uh, so the first thing that I kind of wanted to jump into is just obviously the graphics on this game for the remake are fucking phenomenal. Like. They really did the damn thing. The game looks so expensive is the word I want to use. Um, as somebody who I have no idea how much money it costs. Anthony can speak to this a bit more, but I have no idea how much money it costs to do CG and special effects and things like that in anything. But I just imagine that this game had to be very expensive and was a long time coming just because of the character models and the environments and the living feeling ecosystem that it has. It's really, really well done. More so the blood, sweat, and tears of the artists, or the fact that they didn't get to see their families for I don't know what twelve months. <laughs> they, they, I'm glad that they didn't. I can promise you that they had sleeping bags and they slept under their desk. Heck yeah, that's the dream. There's a there's a cute there's a cute girl anime there's a cute girl anime called Called New Game. Game. Yeah, New Game about and that concept even made it into that anime. Like it's just baked into their society. Did they work that hard? Did they sleep and sleep? It's just the the sleeping bags thing. It's just one of those things that like you know how sometimes in a slice of life anime something will happen and you'll it'll be it'll seem like out of left field, but it's it's treated so normally by all the characters that you it's just like well this obviously (laughs) is something that like they're taking for granted is normal, right? Yes. The sleeping bags thing was in there like that. Like someone was just doing it and they moved on, and I was like, all right, (laughs) I've seen cool. I've seen enough anime. To the, like, obviously, you can't look at anime and be like, this is what Japan's like. But there's yeah. certain things where, like, if it happens enough time, you're like, I think this is real. And I've seen <laughs> enough anime where people are just, like, working in an office, sleeping under their desk in a sleeping bag like, to wake up and work again. I'm like, oh, no, this is real. Like, this happens. Yes, it's so okay. real that recently there was a story that came out. And I want to say it was only about two weeks ago. But a guy got fired from his office because he started he moved into it. Like when everyone else would go home, he would secretly pull out a sleeping bag and like night clothes, pajamas, and he would sleep in the office and he got rid of his own apartment or he was renting out his own apartment or some shit like that. And basically just having someone else pay for his rent while he lived. That's, in that's pretty baller. Office. That's pretty baller. Yeah, they yeah, found him out and fired him, unfortunately, though. So I mean, terrible, <laughs> terrible for your mental health. I mean, yes. there's like other people that like, you know, work to the point that they die. Like literally, they die at work. They die from <laughs> yeah. overworking themselves. Not that is I not a joke. Well, like, that happens. At, that's America too. That is, and I, mean, I feel like Final Fantasy VII remake actually has some of that as well. Because again, if you look at the original game, right, phenomenal game by the way. Final Fantasy VII the original in 1997 was so ahead of the curve. I was listening to a video that compared the music from the original game to the remake made in 2020. So over a over two decades, um, it was you know they're apart. But just looking at the game, the polygons they used in Final Fantasy VII, at that time, it was like, okay, this looks pretty damn good, seeing those 
those models at that time, especially when you get in battle and you get like the actual 3D models and everything. But then you look at the opening sequence of the remake and that scene where the train first rides into the reactor and they jump off and Cloud comes down. He does that little uh, Black Widow pose where he's like head down first and then he lifts his head up all dramatically and he has his sword on his back and he's like, hurry up, Merc. You know, you got Barrett and he's all super detailed with his sunglasses on in the fucking nighttime. It's just very, very well done. And I got goosebumps watching and like i played the demo for final Fantasy VII remake before it actually came out but i got goosebumps from that opening cinematic just because i remember playing that so many times on the original and then seeing what they did to it was insane and if you're one of the 12 people in the world that owns a ps5 it looks even better <laughs> damn like it's, it's awesome. it, oh, it looks good on pc it looks really good on pc oh, I imagine, like it's, yeah. it's when they're it's when they're zooming out it's the zoom out uh, on midgar for me because that's when they play the uh we were talking about musical motifs before we started but that's when they play the original uh they use the original instrumentation of the original final fantasy 7 theme to play the motif on the on the zoom out with the comet coming down in the logo at the same time yeah it's crazy oh it's so crazy yeah speaking of the pc version and graphics the thing my favorite thing about the pc version is all the dlc outfits they gave to tifa like the italian <laughs> swimsuit swim is just tifa is a beautiful character i've gotten so many youtube recommendations of so many outfit changes in that game i'm just like man the mod community oh, yeah those yeah out of control those youtube recommendations are everywhere they go. Yo, I saw I saw a YouTube I saw a Tifa mod YouTube video that was like original Tifa design with jiggle physics. And obviously <laughs> I clicked on it. I've seen that same I, video. I, I don't want to yeah, I don't want to talk about why I clicked on it, but <laughs> in the actual video, it's the scene where she's like crying. It's the it's the like super emotional scene where she's crying to Cloud, and I was just like, this is wrong. This is <laughs> this so isn't right. But you watched the whole video, did. didn't you? <laughs> I mean, I clicked through it a little bit. I saw what I needed to see and I moved on. I didn't want it too much context because it hurt me inside. That scene was very good uh, to begin with. Yeah, it this game feel, it didn't feel right. It just looks phenomenal and i think like the way they've redesigned a lot of the things so just skipping around to all parts of the game here and this is going to be obviously we're going to be talking about everything that happens in the game so if you haven't played final fantasy 7 remake or if you don't want to get spoiled i suggest you leave now that's my only disclaimer but yeah things like hell house which i didn't know how they could possibly find a way to fit something like that into the game right because you just fight it as a random enemy in like the sector seven slums just like a random enemy you fight right but then how do you work that into the remake where everything looks super realistic and that was just never a realistic enemy? They found a way to do that by making it kind of like one of Don Corneo's little fucking experimental robotic machines. Hell House was fucking dope. That is, yo, so cool. that's part for me, Kenny, honestly. Because me and Gary, Gary basically watched me play the game from start to finish. Like, he would come in my room. Same, I watched uh, Ant play. Yes, literally, oh. I had an audience while I played the game the entire time. So we were just blown away when we saw Hell House was the boss of, like, Don Corneo's Coliseum. Like, the final boss of that. And just the way they did it. And also, the boss was pretty challenging. Like, switching between what elements he's weak to at the time. Sometimes physical attacks do one. Sometimes magic does one. It was just a really cool fight and pretty like decent difficulty but just the way they found the way to incorporate the hell house was i think just genius like i thought that there would be no way that that would even return like i I just thought that there would be no possible realm where i would see that as a uh anything in the remake and it just it blew my mind 
And I must be in the minority because I hated that fight. <laughs> it's a frustrating fight. I hated it that. It is frustrating. Fight. Yeah, it it's took a, me well, like it's well done, but I did not. I yeah, not it took me like three. It took me a very long time, and I so I, I haven't played the original. I, I will. I have to give the context that I haven't played the original. Um, and I assume I'm the only one here that hasn't. Correct. When I when I saw Hell House, I immediately thought it was the first time I thought this is not new. For sure, this was from the original. <laughs> you were like, this no is way someone from the came 90s. up with Hell House. Yeah. They were just like, oh, what? I just put Hell House in the game. There's, not a, there's no way that's not a new, there's a new idea that someone pitched they did for that, the remake. They did it twice in the game, too, with that slicer thing, the long buzzsaw monster that you kind of mm-hmm. just fight in the Shinra building in the original. It's a regular monster that you fight after Sephiroth murders everyone. And then you get to this part where, like, is towards the end of the game in a remake, but it's a it's a boss and it's a pretty ignorant boss too. It does this one attack that gave me game over once on hard mode because it kind of flies up above you and it starts dropping these little like balls of electricity or some shit. And if they just hit you, your character gets shock stunned and then they get killed. And hard mode just does a one? ton of yes, it's like a worm, but a it's worm like worm thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it's like a bus yeah. That used to be a regular monster in the game of the original Final Fantasy VII, but now in the remake, they made it into a whole boss and it was like this whole cutscene and everything like that. Uh, and I like that they do stuff like that because even that monster doesn't seem like something that you would encounter normally. So they made it abnormal to encounter it. And I think that that like just that decision making makes me think about the rest of the game, because one of the things I do like about the remake is that it's episodic and it's only focusing on the Midgar part, which probably takes everyone maybe six to eight hours to complete in the base game. Right. Like Midgar is the beginning. And after that, there's so much more game. The Final Fantasy story, like there's so much more game. There's so much more world out there. But like we literally spend probably 40 hours. Uh, if you're like me more because I 100 I 100 percent completed the game. But I spent a good amount of time and I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit, this is just Midgar. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive what they did. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that don't like obviously what they did and like you know, saying it's filler or padding, but I actually really enjoy what they did with the remake and that they took, you know, the beginning section of the game, which like you said, is between six and eight hours. Yeah. And they made it into like a full 40 to 60 hour game. Yeah. I felt and, like I'm uh, I didn't feel like it doesn't feel stressed. It doesn't feel padded. And the extra context they give to all the characters really gives it a lot more weight in like different scenarios. Like you said, with the uh, certain monsters that were just random encounters, recontextualizing them to make them actually fit with the lore and the story and the theme of what's going on. That's the kind of work that I want to see in a remake. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. This isn't random encounters. You're actually living in the world. So like, would it make sense for you to just see this thing walking around? Probably not. And so being able to recontextualize that and make it fit into the new story, uh, I think is really cool and deserves praise. And something else that they really did that I really enjoyed is when you are going through the Shinra Museum and you see all of, like, the enemies that you've been fighting. Yes. Like, as, like, prototypes, like, throughout the museum. I'm like, oh, that's so clever. That was, like, really cleverly done because it did really make it feel a lot more grounded. But moreover, more than just the enemies, they did the same thing to the characters, too. Because, like, the entire wall market part of the game was so good. it was like a really, it was like a relatively short part of the game yep. in the original, and also it was kind of like a joke, you know, like cloud yes. dressing, cloud cross dressing was like a, a joke, and like it was like a hee hee ha ha, but they kind of like transformed it, and you know, in essence, made uh, Andrea Rodea like a like a character that was real and kind of like uh, like nodded to you know 
the LGBTQ oh, for community, sure. There's like, definitely hints like of that. actually make it a real character and like kind of honestly like a celebration of uh you know just queerness which for sure I thought there's was- a lot of that too i i love the wall market part of the game it's honestly one of the best parts and speaking of since we've been talking about visuals a lot here the you know just like the dresses and everything that you can get there's nine different dresses between three for each character of tifa uh Aerith, and cloud why does Cloud get three different dresses? I mean, what do you what do you mean? Why not? What a so kind of question funny. is that? Totally, so that's why. <laughs> it's just because like I I did I just think that's so cool. Like the fact that they all have different dresses and like goddamn Tifa's dresses. Anyway. Nine uh, total is insane. Also But like I wasn't ready for Cloud to have three different dresses too. I was like, that shit's wild. And it's, cool. it's it's really cool because I just think like the scene where Arif comes out in that red dress, which is like her, the best one that you can get. And it has the firework sequence in it. That took my breath away because in the original game, it's not really a big deal. She comes out, everyone thinks she's beautiful, but they're, so, they're little polygons. There is not really a, you know, it's not that crazy in 97 yeah. when you see it. But when you see the visuals, because everyone looks so good, like the textures of the characters, their skin, their hair, everything looks amazing. When she comes, she walks on the bridge towards cloud in that red dress and the fireworks happen in the background they zoom oh, in on yeah. her face it is just one of the most beautiful scenes in video games that i've ever seen like in any video game ever that scene right there really does it to me and i guess because i mean i'm sure like chris you've definitely enjoyed the scene as well but knowing the original and then seeing yeah. that was like mind-blowing to me like seven-year-old me could never fathom that that would be <laughs> the future yeah well it's interesting because like um i was reading there was like the controversy running around and I didn't have like a huge stake in it. So like I got curious and I started reading interviews with the director and stuff about why it turned into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of just said like, I, this is just like my recollection of it. So I might get it wrong a little bit, but the, I think the gist of what he said was just that like, I all, this was the final fantasy seven. I always saw in the first place. Oh yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah, yeah. I did see that. I saw that exact type of uh rhetoric. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that's cool. Cause yeah. like, I also saw that a lot of the, uh, stuff that people called filler was uh existing side story stuff like people were making like midgar fan fictions and stuff and publishing them and some of that stuff made it into the game oh, that's like cool. the that like you know that like detective girl curie kanan kanan uh she has like the striped leggings the horizontal striped leggings i don't know if i remember uh, that i'm gonna have to look it up she's like that one she's that girl that's like trying to scam cl- scam cloud the whole time okay she's she like stole don Corneo's key at the end in her side quest and then like uh made you like run around doing stuff for her. she's the reason you had to go back to the I, it's a whole thing but there's like oh, a there's just a yeah, short yeah. story called like yeah there was like a light novel called final fantasy 7 the kids are all right at turk's side story it's just like a random small book it, it says it's 349 pages oh <laughs> but God. that's where all that's that's where that's from that's it's all from, yeah. so they yeah. was, well, as you as you were mentioning it i was like wait, wait, wait why does it look familiar why does it sound familiar but i can't remember it is in uh integrate it's in yuffie story oh, it's, he's in yuffie story yeah oh she's not just it's not adjusted in it. she was in the original i know she was i i swear unless i'm crazy was she only in the i don't know but i will okay, follow up yeah. on what you're saying in that I do think that's really cool, like adding things from the extended works like light novels or, you know, all because FF7 out of all the Final Fantasies has the like the most of an extended universe. They've done the most with FF7 yes. compared to any other Final Fantasy. It is certainly the most milked cow yep. in so, Square Enix so, lineup. 
yeah, fitting that in, like, I, I just find all that stuff really interesting. Like, you get to flesh out the world. Like, even, like, okay, Kyrie, as far as I remember, definitely isn't in the original Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. But even characters like that aside, characters like fucking Jesse, who was in the original Final Fantasy, but, like, not really relevant. Right. Like, how and much big and more wide, yeah. out she is, yeah. like, Yo. it, it's so much more enjoyable in, in the remake. The, the Man, I can't thing. tell you when, like, at toward the end, when Jesse, because like when when Jesse B- Biggs and Wedge die in the original, you're like, okay, well they're dead. And in this one, when Jesse was like, "You stole me that pizza," I was like, oh, "That's what I was gonna say." I actually <laughs> love how they flushed out these characters so much that you yeah. actually feel frantic. So the the part where you know that they're gonna drop the plate on the Sector 7 slums and kill everybody, that part for me in the remake was so frantic. I actually felt. Like there was a timer in the top right. Like as you're running through the place and it's all on fire and the people are running towards you because they're trying to escape, right? And you're just Aerith and you're looking for that little girl who like comes up to you, she carries her out. That part for me and all the part where you're like going up the steps to get to the top of the plate and everything, like like that entire sequence to me felt extreme. I had anxiety. Like it, like yeah. when you're watching a movie that's a thriller, the feeling of intense, like I need to save people. Uh, this shit is about to fall at any moment. And I don't want these characters to die because I know them. Like you know yeah. Biggs and Wedge and Jesse at that point. Like you actually know them. So when you see Jesse die, like in your arms, it's an insane scene to watch. Because it's like, holy shit, this character's been in a game for 40 hours almost. Yep. Like, this is not just some random person with a few a little a little pieces of dialogue. They flushed out so many characters and made them so much bigger than they originally were. Even Don Corneo, like the way he is, this fucking sleazy, like Italian guy who just is disgusting and like a, a un- the boss of an underworld that's really disgusting and nasty and just all these dark world dealings that he's into the fact that the honeybee is like, you know, come down to the honeybee here, here we sell pussy. Like they just have like, so much <laughs> oh my God, the, freaking, wrong, the, 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 what's it called? <laughs> I um, made that song the, up. the orphanage that Biggs <laughs> does the orphanage that Biggs is Biggs used to care for that. Aerith is now, now volunteering uh, at that. She was, you're getting flowers for mm-hmm. the, the like female director of the orphanage that like the um the black woman with an afro oh yeah 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 I know exactly if you go into the alleys if you go into the back alleys she's behind the costume, honeybee right? she's there yeah yeah she's, she's making money for the kids or something like yes that. she's Where in she was like I always wanted to be a dancer yeah yeah I was like well. the, I was like all that little shit model, but no is really really cool and like uh what was the other thing that I wanted to say it's like on the same topic of them um, developing the characters way more than they were in the original. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just a lot. So when you look at, when you think about what's going to be happening in, I don't know how many parts are going to be, part two, part three, but when you think about just how much more fleshed out all of that's going to be as well, it's, it, I don't know, it's really, really fucking exciting. Cause yeah. Because even like, okay, so that Dance Dance minigame that you have that was not really in the original, that shit was fun to me. Like, I really yeah. liked the entire part where Cloud is forced to dance for a wig and all that. And then you have the squats part uh, where you got to do that mini game, and that that even that mini game is, is a way different this time around. And then on hard mode, it's just out of control. But yeah, there's like so many things they did to make the the characters. Also, seeing those wrestling characters, right? So you go into that one gym where you get the wig from, and the guy pulls it out of his crotch and he gets punched into the uh, the glass in the original game. Going into that area, seeing those characters all you know really developed as really nice 3D models. 
is so different than seeing just these like little polygons that don't have faces really like they barely even have a look to them and now you get to see their full face their bodies uh just how ridiculous they are they look like those 80s workout videos where your your underpants are on the outside you got all this spandex on and you're doing oh, all these yeah. crazy poses it looks like one of those workout video places this is really cool um, but even outside of thematically how it um how what what they did really well thematically mechanically what they did was also really well done because the system from the original uh using the AB, abt gauge mm-hmm. right having that as like like a lot of people were upset that it wasn't going to be take turn like a take turn rpg right yeah like you know but i always say to those og og final fantasy fans uh of which I am a part. Um, none of like when was the last time that Final Fantasy was strictly take turn? Because the original Final Fantasy VII wasn't strictly take turn either. The first one I ever played was eight, and then I went back and played seven mm. and some of the older ones. And I realized in playing them, maybe not as like a child, child, uh, that like they weren't really take turn. Because when I when I played Final Fantasy VIII, I was expecting for it to be like you know like strictly take turn, like let's say like Final Fantasy X. But right. it's not like if you if you put the controller down and go to take you a piss, you might come, yeah, you'll come back and you're dead. That's not like strictly take turns. Yeah, it actually that but, used to scare me about those games too. The ATB keeps going even if you're choosing an option, and you can put it on yeah. weight. But if you don't manually put it on weight, they will attack you while you're choosing options in Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy VII. You could be in the menu and you're getting attacked. And so, like the way that they translated that to the remake, I thought was really good because. Like if you played Final Fantasy 15, right? Yep. You go to the menu and the everything just freezes. Yep. Right? It slows down dramatically. Uh, but yeah, in, in Final Fantasy 7 remake it just slows down significantly. Significantly, which not only is like great for you strategically but it's beautiful to look at it is really um, nice i love cinematic that. slow motion is so crazy yeah like, the, damn, how much like, the cost to do that like just to add I, that to the game is I so can't even realize that, oh, like I'll not, someone's... okay oh sorry good good oh i was just gonna say i googled this earlier when you were talking about how much it costs to make it mm-hmm. the original one cost more than the remake oh shit yeah the original I, one cost a lot more than the remake i'm seeing I googled it and it said the original cost 240 million adjusted for inflation. Oh, 214 million mm. adjusted for inflation. And so far, Final Fantasy VII Remake is up to 140. That's fucking you know insane. Probably, you know what? Prob- probably a lot of it was is probably like the matte paintings in the background. So like, you yeah, know, maybe. Yeah. They fixed camera. They had to like have someone paint all of those uh, like different mm-hmm. backgrounds. So like, and, and then, then even like or CG or whatever. So. Yeah, and then a lot of those systems are being built from scratch, whereas yeah. you know, at this point, you can build Final Fantasy VII Remake on top of existing engines and stuff. But it's I'm sure a lot cool. of seven The voice acting yeah. and stuff, too. Oh my god. Seven Remake is so good. Actually, I wanted to say that, but I'm not 100% sure. I th- think it was making... But I, I feel like you can always tell it's Unreal based on the particles. When you see, like, the, couple, un- yeah. Unreal has a very distinct, like, particle identity. Like whenever you see like the little particles floating in, so like in when the air, Aerith has the little green firefly things flying up, you think? Or whenever someone returns to the live stream, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like it's unreal. Little, it's unreal. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's well, got a very yeah, yeah. Making an Unreal Engine is definitely you know helps a ton in terms of budget because you don't have to because what Final Fantasy and Square in general used to do for all of their games and that that's kind of what caused FF13 to have such troubled development and uh kh3 for a little bit was the fact that they always make a brand new engine yeah, for every oh fucking God. game they make 
13 was beautiful though and i, yes, I remember it, it very fondly i do remember that it was beautiful beautiful gowns if nothing else that game the was music the- was so good <laughs> that game i think that music. game is the best music of anything i think about the final fantasy 13 music a lot the, the title screen for ff13 i can't hear it without getting a little choked up yeah like, yeah that game's title screen is really good. But speaking of the music, before we started this episode, Ant was about to start ranting about the most oh, yeah. music of FF7. It's just so. so the music is so good. You know, like when you go, I think it was like I had been liking the music throughout, but when you fight Genova, oh my god, right? I like you hear the music, you hear the first phase of the music, and I was like, okay, I hear it. And then the second phase, you're like, I hear it some more, right? And then when you get to the third phase, it's such a payoff. Like it like that build up was like getting to like that final third phase of 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 Genova's theme and like hearing like those synths after there was like kind of this like epic choir like build up to it. It was so well done. And yeah. like the music in this game is so well done. I just watched uh, a video like I said earlier, uh it was showing the or you get to hear the difference between the original and the remake. And I'll say this. I was genuinely surprised at how well the original stacks up to 2020 version of the game. Like a game that came out 23 years later sounds, let's just say the 1997 version actually sounds phenomenal still to this day. It aged so, so well. So I do welcome, like, obviously some of the changes and additions they made to the remake. But honestly, the original soundtrack is so amazing that I feel like it had to be part of the reason why Final Fantasy VII is so beloved. Like, it's it just sounds great. Like, that opening sequence, the battle theme. Like, they did a battle theme comparison between, you know, the original 97 game and the 2020, the, the 2020 game. And it just sounded phenomenal on both well, of them but even which original. one there's, there's like seven versions of so, what the battle so i will i will say this it was it was the base battle theme and i feel like it was from whatever the most recent version of the original 97 like game was mm-hmm. um i can just tell the guy was using the highest quality version of the 97 final fantasy 7 when i was listening to it because it sounded very punchy like I was like, I don't, I don't imagine that it actually sounded this good in '97. I could be wrong. It's almost like he turned the volume up or tweaked some things, but it just sounded so good. And then he would play the 2020 version, Sephiroth Steam, for example. I love the remix version of Sephiroth Steam when you fight him at the end. That shit just Sephiroth Steam always sounds good to me. I liked it in Advent Children, the remake for that one. Uh, I liked it in the original Final Fantasy VII game. I liked it in Kingdom Hearts, but it just sounds so, so good. In the yeah, one, one Angel Rebirth is probably the best version. Is of Is that it. what it's called? Yeah, it's called Rebirth. Okay, um, that shit sounds yeah, amazing. I, I, want, I want I want Ham on the soundtrack. So I like yeah. I've oh I have it, like I have it. Here it is. Oh, I I own it. I own the soundtrack. Here it is. <laughs> it's, it's like seven. It's like seven CDs. It's so many yeah. CDs. Yeah, but like it's oh just, my god, it's. There's just so many different things. Uh, a lot of I, like, I, a lot yeah. of it's iconic at like a deep level of like culture too. Like, it feels like if you say battle theme, if you say like JRPG battle theme, the Final Fantasy VII one, I think, is the one that comes up for most people, even if they haven't played it. Mm. Like, it's stuck. I feel like it's stuck somehow. And then like Aerith seems stuck somehow. I feel like the the like, I mean, there's the not the Glissando, the arpeggio that every final, or it's not an arpeggio. There's like a run that goes that's in like every Final Fantasy forever. Um, I know exactly. What you're oh, about. The, the yeah, prelude, I, the prelude, or just that theme, just that like not theme. It's not even a motif. Just that like 
it's always in every Final Fantasy somewhere at some point. They yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can hear it in my head as you like as you said it. Yeah, like that. It's very, it's very often on a title screen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of that theme, just like brief aside on Final Fantasy fifteen, like its appearance in Final Fantasy fifteen is probably my favorite one because it's like dark and kind of desolate. Yes, Final Fantasy fifteen has a very dark tone. The, the prelude is usually like hopeful and uplifting, but like in Final Fantasy 15, what's called in the light of the crystal. And it's like, it sounds kind of hopeless in a way, but yeah. anyway, Final Fantasy seven remake. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they did the damn thing with the music. Uh, I just think about the scenes, like when cloud falls on Aerith's flower bed and you're in that little church or whatever. And then Reno comes in and like even the music for that part uh, when you're fighting him and then the music when she's trying to escape and you have to like push barrels over and stuff. You remember the original game was like very frantic too in that moment. They have that very rushed. The, the sound of the music is it feels like, you know, someone's chasing. Like it's a chase type of music. And so you hear the remake. It's just they do a good job of uh, transitioning it into making it modern. They do every area, whatever it sounded like in the original they they did a good job to not completely change it and make it foreign to what it used to feel like or sound like and that that is a skill in itself because i know those composers they do a good job it sounds like it honors like what it where it came from yeah as opposed to just trying to like change it completely Uh, but yeah so we we've talked about the the new character models like how they've really really obviously made them phenomenal looking using the unreal engine and then the music is great the environments i think about the actual environments there's a scene is towards the end of the game where you guys are going to the shinra building finally like you're climbing up to the shinra building and the sun is setting so it's like very orange in the background like the sun is coming down and you're getting higher and higher you can see the entire midgar you can basically see all of midgar and it just looks so fucking good like the yeah. backgrounds in this game are next level, just like the actual backgrounds that you see that you can't yeah. really interact with, but you can just see them. You see birds flying and shit. Like it just, it's really, really well done. The what thing I really thought of when you were like climbing up that building for me, it was like you know how in Breath of the Wild when you're climbing up the Ganon's castle at the end, those two and Breath of the Breath of the, okay, yeah. <laughs> and Breath of the Wild looks amazing already. I was thinking as I was climbing up to sh- to the Shinra building at the end, like. This is what I was imagining when I was playing that game. And yeah. I didn't even know there was anything left to imagine when I was playing that one to begin with. No, I'm assuming that must be like an epic part of that game. Yeah, you're like climbing up to Ganon's castle and it finally plays Link's, the the regular Legend of Zelda leitmotifs for the first time ever as you're like climbing up to the castle and like everything's attacking you. And then you get up, you just, you're just climbing up and it's like playing all that stuff and you start to see regular Legend of Zelda enemies for the first time. That's kind of like the... Yeah, it was like one of those, like, it was like connecting to the rest of the series. Yeah. And like, it, as I was going up, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But then like, when I climbed up to the Shinra building, I was like, this reminds me of that, but it's just even better somehow. <laughs> somehow it's even better. They do a fucking phenomenal job. I, I what, I, what I really like about that part of the game, uh, especially is like, as you're, as you're climbing, uh, a lot of the cameras become fixed again. And oh, yeah. it, like, it, pay, it like pays homage to like the original yeah. where, you know, you would be, you'd be like trying to find your way around an environment and there's a fixed camera and there's like this kind of epic painting in the background. Yeah. That's uh, actually exactly how it was too. Uh, the camera, you can't control it with the R stick anymore. Like the right analog stick. Yeah. It just, it's fixed on a section and then you could be cloud climbing over here, like on the far left of the screen. And they're kind of showing you like the side where you can see just Midgar in the sun setting. It is beautiful to look there at. There is something. 
to be said about those fixed camera moments of like some of the original Final Fantasy games and just older games in general. But Final Fantasy, I think, did it most famously. But obviously, open world games are really fun and cool. And like having control of the camera is nice to, you know, yeah. you get to fully look at everything. Yeah. But in those original Final Fantasies, when you would get into certain areas, like the way the camera would be positioned and the way you can see the, because they position it in a way where like you're seeing the most beautiful take, you know yes. what I mean? Because like it's a fixed camera. Right. And they create these really breathtaking moments where you're sitting there like, holy shit, like look at this place that I'm at. And as you're kind of exploring it and, like, although it can be frustrating, like, oh, it's a fixed camera, and so it's, like, tricky to, you know, maybe Navigate see certain things. Sometimes, yeah. The the visual it gives you is, it's one of those, like, controlled visuals where, for example, in movies or TV shows, everything you see is a controlled visual. It's what, exactly what they want you to see and how and when they want you to see it. And in most video games, you don't get that experience because you have the freedom of the camera and, like, all of this different pacing. Right, so you could miss something and exactly yeah, you be you getting can... the best visual possible. Exactly. So when you get those sort of fixed camera moments, um, especially in a video game and the fact that you're experiencing it, it, I think it hits really hard in like FF Remake because you go through most of the game having full control, like how most modern games are. But when you get to like that fixed camera moment and it really kind of focuses in on like the breadth of the area that you're in. uh, I don't know. I just think it's something that adds to the experience a lot. Yeah, I mean, it really adds to the storytelling because like the whole point of that part of the game is like, Look at what Shinra's done and how they destroyed yes, this part of Midgar. that is definitely yeah, what yeah. I got from that, Anthony. You see Midgar, and you can see the Sector 7 that they just fucking destroyed, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's in ruins. You can see all of Midgar, basically, but you really see the destruction that they caused by dropping that plate. And it, it just makes you feel like, holy shit, man. Like, that's really fucked. You destroyed a lot of people's homes that already were living in squalor, basically, and poverty. And now they have, like, nowhere to go. They're invading other sectors. And I use the word invading there because that's how other people feel about them because no one wants, like, even though people want to help and stuff like that, a lot of times when it comes down to people who are less fortunate, they're like, I don't have enough to feed my own family. Like, how the fuck are you guys going to come here and try to take more of the resources that we barely even have here? You know what I mean? Like, it's always that type of thing. And it makes poor people hate poor people. So when you see that, like, destruction of an entire section, right? Like an entire, let's say a whole city just destroyed. I don't know when you're climbing up there to go like take down Shinra. If you feel it, you feel that yeah, I've been original. You hear that song playing. It's like a very, uh, it reminds me of like a one piece type of song where all the straw hats are strutting at once. There's a song playing where you're climbing up the Shinra building in the original game from wall market. Like there's this specific song. You only hear it once in the entire game. And it's when you're climbing up to get to the Shinra building and it stops the second you get there. But I just love that part of the game. You have to do like all those weird moments where you swing on something, you have to time it right and then swing press X and jump off. Uh, you guys played original, you know what I'm talking about, but that, that song right there, you feel that same exact thing when you're playing the remake. And I was like, how the fuck do they capture that without having to make you do the, the weird wire swing thing all the time. And I don't know. It's just amazing. Oh. And yeah, uh, also you, didn't, you didn't play the DLC yet, but I have not. for those of us who have, cause there it's is only a, a PS five thing, right? Like it, they, I think uh, it, PC has it also. Okay. PC does have it also, but there was a moment at the end of intergrade that showcased that even more. I feel like, where it somehow like I mean it didn't hit home more, but it hit home just as much again at the end of Intergrade. I might I might play it if it's on PC. It depends on how much it costs though, because I'm not I don't know. Yeah, like, I just re- bought the books game. or something like that. How long you can rebuy the Oh, it's it's like I don't actually know. I, I think I spent like at least 20, 10, 15 hours in it. But oh, that's pretty good. Well, I, I did all four Condor. There's like a mini game that I just freaking I did it all. It feels like playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and I was like, I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna That mini game is pretty fun. Four Condor, yeah. 
I remember also, in the original game, you guys are talking about what Ooh. I'm talking when I'm thinking that uh when you meet Yuffie in like those bushes and there's that Mount Condor thing that you can defend from like those yeah. or whatever. <laughs> they, the turned it yeah. into, they turned it into a board game and then there's like yeah. a there's like a ladder in the game. Oh no. <laughs> there's, like a, there's like a ranking ladder in the game and like all the different characters you played against, like even the guy, even Rosh, the, the motorcycle guy, he's on the ladder, you play him as you go up the ladder. This oh, yeah. is like a weird yeah, yeah, they, they just put random people in this. Yeah, so, he's cool. He was not in the original story at all. And I'm I'm guessing that they're gonna use him more later on because he only played that one part in the Final Fantasy VII remake. But that character Rosh, he he has like red reddish hair. Um, I thought it was Roach. Roach, that's Dang. what it is. Sorry, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is Roach. It's spelled R O C H E. So it yeah, yeah. probably Roach. Um, but he he was on the motorcycle minigame that they also expanded upon that and made it feel a little bit more fun to do. Uh, and it's supposed to just like slicing left, slice, slicing right. You have like the spin slash. Now you can do a blade beam attack and stuff like that. But he comes out of nowhere. I was like, who the fuck is this character? Like, I do not also, remember this guy. He does that, one on, that, one on one fight, that one on one fight with him was like probably my favorite one on one fight. Yes. It felt very yeah. Axel versus uh, Roxas. Roxas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, very it was cool. like soldier versus soldier. And, you know, like, yeah. that's the first time that you fought someone that can actually just, like, give it to you back. That's true. Cloud. You're right. Up until that point in the game, you're just dicking on everybody with your buster sword. And you just, I can yeah. just get everybody up. And then he comes up and he's like, actually, you can't just hit me how you want. Like, you have to, <laughs> you have to use Punisher mode against him a lot. Like, you have to oh, actually use top- countering. On the topic of you saying soldier versus soldier, as someone that didn't play the original, I didn't know Cloud wasn't a soldier until later. After I finished the game, I, I Googled it and started watching like theory videos. Mm-hmm. None of and, and, and since Frazier's already said no spoilers, we're gonna spoil things. I fully didn't it, it's completely hidden to me. I don't know if you guys like noticed that like, but like as someone that didn't have that context, the fact that there was like that like mental stuff going on with him. I didn't, it never even, yeah, like, I never person. even, not a hint of it at all. Yeah, yeah I didn't, not even a hint of it. Somehow, <laughs> like, they, they, but once you, like, I rewatched the cutscenes after knowing that, I was like, oh, it's so obvious. But, like, no, if I didn't know what I just didn't know the whole time. Well, that's one of those things where you're, as somebody, you're kind of supposed to be, when you're first, you're kind of supposed to be confused, you know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those yeah. things where, like, it's, once again, it's one of those things where when you experience something a second time, third time, etc., when you see the things you didn't see before, you're like, oh, shit. Yep. So that's, you know, that's all. Yeah, you don't find yeah, out until don't, very late oh in the original game. Oh, okay, okay. Like the whole Zach's memories they and all well. that stuff and him basically. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like, oh, I saw that at I was like, I have to know what this is about. But no, then I'm, that, I'm that brings one. up an important question. How do you guys feel about, and I guess this is probably one of the divisive uh, things in this game is, how do you guys feel about this being essentially like a, uh, I guess you would call it like a requel, like a remake, but also. Yeah. So the director said in an interview that the word remake is very operative and it has two meanings, obviously remake in the sense of, you know, we're remaking a game from, from the past, right? Like we're bringing it into the future, but also remake as in it literally is being redone differently. It's it's not one to one. It is not a meta name. Yeah. Yeah. It's a remake of a game, but also it's Sephiroth fucking doing a new timeline. Yes. Sephiroth's like, listen, Which I, I lost. I'm not losing again. Watch what I do now. <laughs> yo, when when that like find when the weight of that finally like was was upon me, and like an Aerith is like, you're not you're not right. You're not supposed to exist. Right. And I was just like, and I'm like, wait, am I about to fight Sephiroth? That's not supposed to happen. That's yet. definitely not supposed yeah. to happen in Midgar. Like, and then I was like, wait, so Sephiroth is making like a new 
top like stuff he's aware that he lost yes he knows he lost and he was like nah yeah, yeah, they can no, see his future. Already, there's oh, there's all these crazy. theories that they like Aerith and the ancients basically, the two ancients in the game, they can see the future. So they already know how it ends normally. And those whispers are kind of aiding and making sure that it goes the way it was supposed to go. For example, there's a part where fucking Barith gets killed by Sephiroth, basically. Yeah, Sephiroth just yeah. straight up stabs Barrett in the stomach and like wipes him out. Zero diff. And, and the game goes slow motion because everyone can't believe it. And then the whispers just kind of come out and they revive him essentially. But there's a lot of that throughout the game. And I know people had a lot of problems with the whole whispers thing because they come out of nowhere. Like the first time you see him is when you're with Aerith, uh, just walking through the city and they just spiral around her and shit. And it's like, what, what the hell is this? It, I want to say there's a lot of people and this frustrated me so much through my experience of the game. So like I said, I didn't play it myself, but I was there for every stream and streamed it on our channel. And I was pretty much there every single time. So I, I experienced the whole game that way and through like random people in the comment section and then also just me seeing people otherwhere, there was a lot other places. There was a lot of people that read. This is one of the reasons why I hate the Internet. And that's great, but I also hate it. Yeah. They read the script of the game. So the game script got leaked before the game came out. The game script got leaked. And so and this happens with manga, too. People read the, the leaks of the game before they play it or read the leaks of the manga before they play it. So it'll be like the script of the game, and so they'll read things that happen, like, oh, this is terrible, this is corny, like, and they just, like, completely shit on the game, so by the time the game comes out, there's a bunch of people that already have a negative opinion of it, because they just read the script, they didn't actually experience it, right, right? it's, there's a reason why a movie or a video game isn't just words that go past <laughs> the screen, you know what I mean? Like, when you watch a movie, it's not just the movie script scrolling, it's like not Star the start Wars of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's like, the script is just like one piece of the puzzle that has to be put together. So if you're just reading the script and then judging the quality of the 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 full product off of that, it's really stupid. And there's a lot of people that did that. So for example, when we were experiencing the game and the things with the whispers and all the small changes that they made to flesh out the game, there was people in my chat that I remember were just hating on it over and over. And they kept talking about it. I was like, did you play this game already? And they're like, no, 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 I read the script. And I was like, oh. And then I had that whole spiel. Yeah, because it's like, what the fuck? Like, if you haven't played the game and experienced it for all the magic that it has, I don't. Yeah. But then they, as they watched us play, they were like, oh, maybe I was like, they started to like watch it and they were still trying to hate. Like, yes. it was funny because they were like hard to be wrong. They were yeah. saying like they were going like, oh, maybe I was a little wrong. Like, oh, this is actually better than I thought it was. But they were still like trying to hate too. And it's like, dude, just just get off it. You if know? I'm being honest, Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably my favorite Final Fantasy game now. Like, I've heard that from a lot of people. Personally, yeah. I feel like it is the best Final Fantasy to come out right. since 10. I agree with that for sure. That's easy um, for me to agree with, by and, the way. And it is, it is easily the most interesting Final Fantasy has been since 10. Yeah, it's just something like, it's not even just a nostalgia because I was thinking about, I like the things in the game regardless of knowing the original story. Like, I just mm. enjoy it outside of it. We have um, Chris here, and not just Chris, I have multiple other friends that never played FF7 yep. original yeah. and played the remake. And all of them also said, this is the best Final Fantasy I've ever played. Now they And they've played, like, like I have a friend specifically that I know played, like, 4, 5, 6, uh, and then, like, 10, 12, and 13, and 15, mm. right? Like, those were the ones they played, right. and then, like, 7 Remake. And they're like, 7 Remake is the best Final Fantasy I've ever played. So yeah. and they it, never played the original it's, it's 7. Yeah, it's not it a hot take anymore. Like when I when I first played it, I was scared because 
the first week it came out, I took a week off of work to play it, and I had seventy hours in the first week. I had seventy-seven hours to be exact in the first week. I just I always see you post those Facebook. I do. I posted. Yeah, I posted it was like one hundred percent complete. I'm it like, was oh seventy-seven God. hours in the first week. I hundred percent of the game. I've never hundred percent a game in my life. Like I've never. So okay, I shouldn't say I've never hundred percent a game in my life. I haven't hundred percent a modern game where they actually show you that you hundred percent of the game. Uh, like they actually have a percentage of how much you completed it, a play log in Final Fantasy VII that says you got all nine dresses, you got all the material possible, you got every summon, you got every possible, and like you know, all the endings, like everything that you could possibly do. You've seen every conversation secretly with Barrett, with Aerith, with Tifa, all like everything. Like, I've, that was the first time I've ever done it, and it's because I enjoyed playing it so much that I didn't mind going back to it. And the game encourages you to go back through the game because they have that chapter select after you complete it, which I think is another phenomenal thing about the game. Like you can just kind of jump into any chapter and completely replay it on any mode you want, easy, normal, or hard. And it's completely different when you play it on hard, not only because of the fucking crazy mechanics they put on hard. So hard mode in a lot of other games is like, oh, the enemies hit harder and you do less damage. That's like a hard mode in most games. That's hard mode. In this game, they fucking took away your MP cannot be regenerated once you start a chapter. So you start the chapter like, oh, I have this much MP and you're stuck with that amount of MP the entire oh. chapter. Also, benches only heal your HP. They do not heal MP. So there's like a lot of things that you also can't use items in battle at all. Like items just oh. do not work on hard mode. No, hard, hard mode. Hard mode is hard. Yes, Jesus it's Christ. actually it it's really hard. cool. I was like, holy shit. Like this is you have to be so selective when you use a cure spell because it's like, well, I only have so much MP, and in that game, MP, like, characters don't, outside of Aerith, of course, characters don't have a ton of MP, especially Barrett, for example, who's one of the best characters to play with, so you have to be very, very careful in how you use your MP, and it, I don't know, it's just such a cool system that they did uh, to encourage you to go through the game. Normally, New Game Plus is like, okay, we're going to drop you at the beginning of the game again, you're going to have a selection of what you want to keep from the, sec the playthrough you already did. And you'll just start from the beginning and have to play through the whole thing that way. This one was like, we're going to give you all, you get to keep all your shit, but you're going to choose whatever chapter you want to go to and replay it again. And that, I don't know, for me, that was just really, really a cool way to do New Game Plus. I like the chapter thing, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, especially in a game that's so, uh, that's so, uh, like, story, story heavy and, like, yeah. you know, cutscene heavy. Yeah. You know, it's probably the optimal way to approach that yeah the chapter thing really worked well i think about uh in the early chapters like you guys are going around trying to destroy these reactors and you come to find out that your bombs aren't even fucking working and that shinrod themselves are actually just destroying the reactors and blaming it on avalanche um they kind of changed the tone of avalanche in the first game is very extremist group uh that actually succeeded in you know bombing these reactors and then you know in the remake they kind of made it less apparent that these people are basically eco-terrorists that you're the protagonists are uh, and I, you know, that, that is kind of like reality. Like a lot of people speculate that, you know, other governments in the world, I won't say any point of names, but people speculate that some of the disasters that happen are man-made and that they're created by actual governments against their own people. Um, you know, so Final Fantasy seven was ahead of the time. And as far as poking, uh, making people look into that type of thing, like what if our own government was the ones who actually destroyed or destroying the planet and not just, bad things are happening so uh, i'm curious if, if like the, the if the following parts are gonna like really follow up on the eco-terrorism uh theme and like the the True. like eco-awareness theme only because 
like they've really kind of uh they've introduced like some pretty like wonky shit with the villain knowing that they lost and refusing to lose again yeah. so like i'm i'm curious and i mean i think it's great i think it's great that sephiroth is is back and is like i know exactly what you little fuckers are going to do and you're not going to do it again um <laughs> little fucker sounds like something he would yeah. really say to me i don't know why <laughs> i Think about the end of the Midgar arc in the original game is so cool to me because you go to that place calm. I think it's the first village that you kind of stop at first town. And then you guys have that flashback about Sephiroth. Like Cloud tells you everything he knows about Sephiroth and you actually get to play as Sephiroth for a little bit. Well, he kind of does everything on his own, but I can't wait at the thought of that in the remake, like that part where y'all go to that first town calm and you essentially see how broken he is. Like while he is the strongest surgeon that has ever existed, and just him actually is a good guy because at the time he was fine, right? Before he knew his own origins, he was just a soldier. He listened to his orders. He was ridiculously stronger than everyone else, but never wielded it for anything bad. And then I just want to see how they're going to do that because I don't even know where episode two of this whole thing is going to stop. Like, what is the stopping point? It's so interesting just to think about. Like, I think about the gold saucer. Such a big part of the original game. One of the coolest parts of the original game. That's going to be huge. Oh my yeah. God, it's going to be big, Kenny. Like. That part of the game is going to be so just the way that Wall Market. Wall Market in the remake is huge. It's yeah, fucking, I, had a lot to it. I got it's lost so, in Wall Market. Me too. I would literally get lost. I'd be like, where am I? <laughs> Freaking get I open my here. map a lot. You, like when I played yeah. through the game, if I was streaming it, my, my, my chat would have been like, yo, you're in the map all the time. Like, dog, I'm lost. <laughs> I am <laughs> genuinely lost. Chat is always hating. Like Ant Ant was looking for, you know, Ant plays a lot of RPGs, right? So you you're used to looking through all the little every crevices crevice, to try to find things. One. There's a part like 30 hours of the game where somebody in chat was like, "Ant, stop face scraping every room." <laughs> <laughs> because, like, because oh Aunt, my god, have you not would be like Final Fantasy up game. against the fucking wall of every room, just like hey, looking hey. for everything. <laughs> At least it's not Look. Dark Souls that's hitting every pixel on every wall. Thank God. <laughs> Look, I was like, I'm gonna get every potion in this. So you, Anthony and I, we play Final Fantasy VII Remake the exact same thing because Gary will watch me go through the. This is the first reactor when the game starts, and I don't know. Like, even though I played the demo, I was like, I don't know if they changed shit since the demo. So I'm gonna scrub. I was running up against walls, like yep. <laughs> running into like as soon as as soon as it starts, right? And you can run backwards instead of running forwards. I ran backwards to see if there was anything back there. Like, oh, there might be a chest behind me, and there was. It's just like an original. So I, I really went extremely hard. But then most RPGs, you get a feel for where treasure is going to be. And you don't have to scrub every nook and cranny. Like once you get a feel like, oh, they only put it here. Like it'll always only be in this kind of place. It'll never be in such an obscure place. So once you kind of realize that you can start to back off on the scrubbing every part of a room. But I love scrubbing. I'm a scrubber. I'm not, I'm not taking any chances. Yep. All right. Also, oh also, I just had a lot of fun with like the box dynamic physics. I, I was like kicking around all the boxes. I was yeah, like, yeah, I like that. Too. Yeah. I like that you can swing your weapon outside of combat. That is <laughs> that is actually pretty fun to do. Yeah, but um, the part of the game that I am looking forward to the most, or at least the the following parts, is the city of the ancients. Because at the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake, when you when when Cloud and Sephiroth had that conversation, mm -hmm. and Sephiroth is like join me and i was like whoa excuse me <laughs> and 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 then like cloud refuses and he's like seven seconds until the end yep time enough for you perhaps but what will you do with it 
And like when like at first I was like, what I was so blown away by the entire flashes too. That that I was like, I was like, what? But then when I thought about it, like seven seconds is how long it took for Sephiroth to descend through the church and kill Aerith. So that's what he's talking about. So like I am curious like how much things are gonna change. Yeah. Is Aerith going to die or is the fact that there may be a change to the ending of this entire story makes me want to play it so bad yeah uh, well i think I, that's I, as a product if you so just to go back on like if why they when you're making something like this and you you say like i want the, a game like this needs a budget that's huge right and, and you have to convince them to let you make this game this expensive looking right um but at the same time when you remake if you when you want to one remake remaster a game um People don't really talk about it because they like you. You talk about it a little, but it kind of fades away, right? Yeah. Chronicles, and then you say, Final Fantasy remaster, yeah, yeah. just kind of already like all they right, go it away. Came, it came yeah. out, and like everybody exactly. knew about it for a week, and then it's like, okay, that's it. Yep. No matter how good you make it, there's only so much to talk about because you've already experienced everything in it. So, like, what is that there? That is to, true. Actually. And then so, like, yeah, yeah. If you want to one remake something at this level, it fails as a product. So when you're like going through it as a business and it's like, how do I have, it has to change in a way that makes even the people that like are hardcore Final Fantasy fans say like, I have to see the next part. Yeah. Like even if they're going to hate and complain like, the entire time, they still yeah, want yeah. it. And they did such a like subtle job of doing it to me because I, I was, I was thinking about this in terms of like, of like uh, when you're like plotting out how you're going to do it and how it'll sell and all that stuff. And like showing people higher up your business plan and stuff like that. Even like, the haters are going to play this game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does everything right. Like, the things that you love, you know, will be there, but the things that you, but then there's also things to look forward to maybe changing. Cause like, you know, stuff is going to be different, but then like you were talking about the golden saucer, like that stuff, you know, it's going to be there anyways. Yes. Like, I you know, you know, you know it's different. But... I just can't wait to see how much they flush out that. That yeah, might be, yeah. that like might be a 15 hour part of the game in this version. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so for example, uh, going back to the actual remake and discussing some of the things they expanded upon, there's this the train graveyard part of the game. In the original, it, <laughs> you're there for maybe 30 minutes. Like, in oh, I thought hour. that part was completely new. I actually no, didn't know. So you're that you are you do go to the train graveyard right before you uh you know go to the top of the sector that you stopped them from. Well, you try to stop them from taking Aerith, but they you know you yeah. find out that they, they have them. Um, you do go through that part, but it's so quick in the original game. Like it's not long at all. They made it into a fucking entire storyline about dead children and yeah. like all of this, all of this other stuff that's also, going on. There's backstory, like yeah. yeah, yeah. Was there a story justification for it in the original, or was it just a set piece? And that's oh, I it. Can't, I it, can't remember. I don't that. remember hundred percent, but it did feel like it was just a set piece, like a means to an end to just get to the next part. Yeah, it didn't feel like. They made it feel like a really big part of the game in a remake, though. Um, Kenny, yeah. you want to say something? Yeah, I will say another thing in terms of like, uh, Chris, you just said, like, I thought might, maybe that was completely new. I wanted to say, I forgot to say this when we were talking about Roche, he was so well introduced, right? How we were saying, like, you know, that's a completely new character. When he got introduced, I was like, damn, I don't remember him. Me too. Like, <laughs> I was like, he was done so well. I thought he was in the original game. I was like, damn, I don't even remember him. I was like, damn, am I crazy? And I went and like I'm Googling him. I'm like, oh, he's not in the original yeah, he's game. Just not at all. And I, 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 mean, I was just having so much fun that I was like, hey, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, really I, I can't believe like someone told me that Jesse and uh Wedge and Biggs were were not nothing characters in the original. Hey, they're, they're yeah. they seriously but what's yeah. really cool about that, and like we already t- said it, but like a character like Roche, I fully believe 
just like as someone like I play like Dungeons and Dragons a lot. I know Ant plays that a lot. And when you DM and you create your own world, there's a lot of like effort you put into it that the players don't necessarily ever see. And if you read a lot of like developer interviews for people that make video games or whatever, there is effort that goes into the game that doesn't necessarily get seen by the player. So like how Chris was saying that like the guy said like this is the Final Fantasy that like he always saw in his head that he can finally show the players like that. Like Jesse, there's a lot of things about Jesse that always existed, but the players never saw it, right? right. This character, Roche, probably already existed, but he just didn't fit into the original game. There wasn't enough time or budget or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's yeah. a lot of aspects of the world that was always in like these people's heads, but they weren't able to like get it onto the page. And the mm -hmm. fact that they have the extended universe or just like even things that didn't make it there and be able to fit it all in this product. And then you got part one part and then you have this fully expanded game. It really allows you to see the full breadth of what they're trying to do. Like in, in breath of the wild. I remember, I think I might've said this on the podcast before, but there's a part where you're going up to Zora's domain and the way you get there and the whole way it looks, I remember like I had a light bulb moment and I was like, holy shit, this is what Miyamoto or Aonuma, like this is what they saw when they made Ocarina of Time. Like when you go to Zora's Domain in Ocarina of Time, like this is what they wanted you to see. Right. Like it's it's the same thing, but like you see like they can now realized. actually make it, yeah, a much more grander vision. And I, shit like that, that is just so beautiful yeah. to see. That train graveyard chapter is chapter 11 to be exact of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Chapter 11 blew me away. And some people apparently didn't like that chapter with the whole ghost and stuff. And I'm talking to Aerith and like, I, I, it had two boss fights in it. You had the one in that yeah. control room uh, that was Which really... That is, that is the best music in the game. <laughs> that... Hands down. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Ghoul. I think it's just called Ghoul. I think it is just called Ghoul. Ghoul is the best track in the game. And that fight like, is it, wild. That could be the final, the fight that could be final boss music right there. Yeah. But... Ghoul is fucking insane. That boss fight. Then you fight the other boss fight where it's like uh a Doom Caliber Knight, essentially like a horse and carriage. Allegor. Allegor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Allegor, yes. Oh, that one was hard. That one me. is wild because he's like riding around the entire time and shit. And stabbing you with the lance. Um, and then he has a stealable weapon that you can actually miss, right? It's like a the bladed yeah. staff or something like that for Aerith. Yeah. So it's like a missable weapon. It's one of the only things that you can miss in the entire game. Um, I stole the heck out of that. Yeah. And see, that's another thing. If you know how to play RPGs correctly, you know that you have to have a party member with steel on at all times. Yeah, of course. Of course. You just can't go through an RPG without steel. Yep. So yeah, that was that was a really cool part of the game. I also let's talk about uh so the weapon system. They have like if you play Final Fantasy 13, you know about the Crystarium. And it's essentially just a spear grid, but the Crystarium looked the same exact way that the weapon upgrades look in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Weapon upgrades were not a thing in the original game. Like, you you had a weapon, and it was just whatever it came, whatever slots it came with, whatever stats it came with, that was it. In the remake, they have, like, this entire system where you can choose, using your uh, SP or whatever it was called, to kind of upgrade, like, oh, I can add HP plus 120 to this. I can add that, uh, you know, this move does this much more damage. Like, it does 15% more damage. Uh, this will this will stagger. What'd you say? Or a new materia slot. A new materia. Oh, or that was a mater so broken. Or materia slot connector, you know? Yeah. Yes, connecting the slots, which was insane to do. Um, and, you know, magic attack plus this. Uh, strength plus this. So you could choose, like, I just want to buff my character up real high, or I want them to have higher HP so they're a tank, like Barrett. Uh, then it would have stuff that was, like, really broken like reprieve where if you die in battle you just survive one hp like stuff like that too and so seeing the weapon upgrade system i think was really cool and also the fact that weapons outside of battle actually have uh, the materia visible 
Yes. Oh my god, I loved that. Yeah. That is and then the weapons themselves look different touch. outside of battle. Yes. Yeah. Oh uh, every cutscene so can look different depending on what weapons you have equipped. And I know Man, the games I have been doing that for a while, but still. Because yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for like keeping the originals all of the characters with the original yeah. equipped. You like the Kingdom Key. And yeah, I, that's why I like the Kingdom Key. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, man, like playing through Kingdom Hearts, I'm just like, all right, well, I am suffering with this Kingdom Key. <laughs> but I will suffer, continue the, to suffer. The cool thing is but, about Remake is that even the first weapon, like the Buster Sword, you can upgrade it to a point where it's competitive with the other weapons because all the weapons can upgrade so much. And it, and as you get those, like, I think they're called volumes, right? It'll be like Way of the Fist Volume 3. And it'll yeah. make it where your weapons get an extra upgrade level. So, like, you'll upgrade the first, like, the first section of it because the way it looks like Crystarium for real for Final Fantasy 13, but it'll be like a section over here and you can fill out everything over there. And then it's a section over here. You can fill out everything and you can pick and choose. But a new section will be completely open to you once you get a volume. Um, and like some of the volumes are only on hard mode. So you got to go through hard mode to get some of them. Oh, so, like, so like the Buster Sword becomes one of the strongest weapons in the game, even though it is your first weapon, it stays competitive with the last weapon that Cloud actually gets. Mm. I like that a lot. So that way people like Anthony, who are like, I want to use the Buster Sword to fight Sephiroth at the end. Like, oh, you can yeah, do that. I'm going to only use the Buster, I can yeah. guarantee you. And it won't well, did you. Well, did you not use any of the other ones at all? Because there, no, there's I did. all I did. I used them. Yeah, I, you get the I skill, you can them. switch off it. I got the skill, and then I Yo. switched back to the Buster Yo, Sword. Yeah. Yo, can we talk <laughs> about the skills too? Triple Slice is wild. Yeah. Triple slice yeah. is great. Uh, what's the one where you like switch stances with an attack? Oh, so I you have punisher that. mode, but then you counter have a counter attack. Yeah, counter stance I is counter stance. broken. Once you actually learn how to use that properly, you can. Yeah. It, I didn't realize that like the the combat system for Cloud specifically was as in depth as it was. Like, because if you if you counter like at the right time. Uh, so basically all counter stance does is it does an automatic, it's an automatic version of like a manual ways to switch the stance. So if you like parry at the right time when you're blocking in punisher mode, he will counter attack and then you can like switch the stance Yep. and with counter stance, it just does it automatically. When I found that out, I started going through the game doing that like all the time. Counter stance is probably the most broken ability in the entire game. It just against the last boss, like against Sephiroth, it's so, so nuts against him. It's not it's against all the robots it's just such a because you don't take damage either and he hits hard as shit like cloud swings back hard as hell and it looks cool yeah i will say um every i've been told i'm stupid for this before but i became an Aerith main near the end oh well don't worry you're not the only one double double cast is wild yeah dual cast is some nonsense and anyone that says otherwise is a moron when i first got her so you know when you first get to play with her after you fall down on the flower bed and everything y'all go through the slums together like you're walking to her house and you fight yeah. enemies you put down a little you know first thing you do is you switch to the character that you're that's new to the party so i was like okay cloud feels the best so far out of everybody but let me just see how era feels and i switched to her and at first i hated her i was like she feels so clunky i didn't realize how to fight with her because i'm used to just walking up to an enemy but no you stand the fuck back you put yeah. your little glyph on the ground and then you start <laughs> casting spells and they come out twice and i was like no that i couldn't believe how okay. long i was like when is the dual cast going to fade away yeah, like it, doesn't never away. it just doesn't go <laughs> away it's so dumb so, and honestly so awesome. all of the abilities that she unlocks are broken there's one where she puts a little shield in front of her yes and yeah. it just like they can't get past it yeah there's that like the little fairy one that like has a fairy that attacks every time you attack yep. that one was fine but it, like it was just it was very cool i liked it i, I liked like it how you can hold the button for her too like when her yeah button, yeah it starts to charge up her base attack 
and then mm-hmm. she'll shoot like a really big one of those little fireball things that she shoots out and it fills yeah. up her her gauge gets filled up so so fast yeah. compared to everybody awesome. else mm-hmm. well, especially if you like if you just if you swing those attacks in succession like yes. it's just she it just is broken like that is one of the most broken characters easily like that's another thing i like how in original every character is essentially the same outside of their limit breaks right like they that they're theoretically all the same character but mm. in final Fantasy VII remake i love that they all feel so outrageously different when you play with them like barrett doesn't feel anything like cloud like tifa or like Aerith. they all feel so much different from one another so when Which, you're playing as them it switches the, the way the game feels I'm just curious how, like, and oh, you haven't played it, Yuffie, because Yuffie also, like, I was Yuffie's confused. Yuffie's gameplay is awesome. Yuffie is insane. It's so awesome. Is it really? Like, Yuffie, it's so cool. Yuffie does, like, some other shit that I wasn't even, like, I didn't yeah. even realize for, like, the first hour. I don't even know. Can we spoil it? Don't, it you can see like it. Because she basically she has she has her ninja star and then she also has ninjutsu. So she'll throw out the star and then as she after she throws out the star, she can like cast different elemental ninjutsu at you. Okay. And they have like different effects. And then she can call back the star and attack yeah. with the star. And yeah, so she feels can, again completely different so, from everyone. Yeah. Else. So like you throw her star out, it turns into a drone. While it's a drone, yeah, your regular attack turns into a ranged magic attack. And then her skill tree lets you change the attribute of the attack. Oh and then God. each different attribute of attack has its own skill like combo tree, like based on when you hold down the attack what? button. And then whenever you call back the shuriken, you teleport to the shuriken and you start doing like aerial combos on the enemy, like on their head. Oh, yeah, this it's, sounds it's really all over really the nice. place. It's like, all over you, the place. You can tell that they were working on Yuffie and like they couldn't get her into the original game. So right. Like, okay. Same with Red Thirteen. Yeah, He's he joins as a guest at the end of the game, and you yeah, can't control yeah. him at all. I assume mm-hmm. that at the beginning of the next game, you're probably gonna get to like immediately play with him. I also mm-hmm. imagine you just brought up now. You brought up Yuffie, and it's making me think of Red Thirteen, the Cosmo Canyon part of the game, which is actually long in the original game. Like that part of the game is it takes a while to go through Cosmo Canyon, and I can't wait to see what they do with Cosmo Canyon in the remake like there's so many things that when you first see red 13's dad and like how he died and everything like that he's like a statue Red 13's dad. yes oh you know what there i just go. thought of that's not gonna happen oh yeah dude they should add when the whole game's done right this is pure copium when the whole game's done they should add a final dlc and let you play through as a video game the events of advent children That'd be Ooh, so there's that no way be, they don't do that. There's actually be, no. Yeah. I, I watched Advent Children. Oh, so I watched the heck out I of Advent I actually love Advent Children. Like, for me, that, that movie is still so ahead of its time. And I really would love to play a video game of that. This is running the Final Fantasy VII remake engine for mm-hmm. Advent Children. Honestly, oh, there's no way they don't because it's like the conclusion to the actual story, right? It is like, actually, it's, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I've. Because the fight between uh, Tifa and whatever one of the clones' names yeah. was, I forgot. Like when I saw that fight, I was like, "Fucking Tifa!" And, I was and like, the oh. music too. So, so like when you when I played the remake and I first played as Tifa, I like everyone who watched me stream. They they can attest to it. I was like, I'm only, I was like, I'm only playing as Tifa from now. She on. is I'm broken by the way. So I am only she is fucking Tifa. broken. <laughs> Because that is essentially what I wanted watching Advent Children. I was like, damn, I wish that I could like have played as Tifa like that in Final Fantasy VII. She's also and entirely too fast. Like, you get to do it. And I was like, oh, this is like, she's fucking insane. And she feels and, like, different. 
If you like, uh, if you like map, uh, like her, her special attacks to like the quick map buttons, Mm -hmm. you can, you can like string together her attacks in a way that like, you can like do attack, attack, and then like the uppercut and then drop kick immediately. Yes. Yes. And that is like one of my all time. I like the fact that her attacks do combo blatantly into each other. I also like that she can build up that percentage thing really fast, like faster than anyone else. Um, and she does that thing where she can charge up her fist and then they get red. And like you yeah, get to the last yeah, part, and you start, can yeah. yes, and you can kind of like start to uh, use it in a way, uh, and kind of bring it back down levels if you fire off the really strong hits. But she has a really unique fighting system too, and they're just going to keep expanding on these characters' fighting systems, which is really cool. Like when you put, for example, elemental materia, and then like thunder, her gauntlets become energized with electricity. Oh yes, so she's fucking yeah, punching, and there's like electricity on all her punches, it or fire, so cool. or ice, or yep, wind. Yep, it looks um, so cool. Just that uh, little detail, those details. He's like star shower. I I would just I, on oh random and I would she would just to watch her do star shower. Star I was shower like, I want to see crazy. the animation again. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen like, it in like wait, did you do star shower to an aerial? Did you ever do star star shower on an of aerial? Of course, enemy? I have. Yeah, her star shower isn't a set trajectory. It just go. It like has. It figures out a new trajectory every time you use it. <laughs> it's so crazy. You said I've seen it in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Like do star shower and, and then, then like go into the, go the, menu. the menu. Yeah, and oh, I think I have which, done that. Which is something that I love about that. Like the the slowing down of the of the menu is yeah. when you uh, when you because normally when you do something like that when you do a like a special like a finishing move or something they'll say something and when you go into the menu. Uh, and like it goes in the slow mo, and then in the middle of saying something, like there's like an echo. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was like really neat. Yeah, but, Star yeah, Shower is crazy. Like just looking at the animation of her going slow is like what. Also, the limit breaks, and everyone only gets two, but they are nuts in this game too. Like Cloud yeah. Ascension. When I first got Ascension, I was like, "What the fuck was that?" So if you <laughs> don't you don't you first get it around the time that you fight uh, Rufus? I think so. Ascension? Yeah. So if if you finish Rufus with Ascension, Cloud like goes to do it and he's like, let's dance, asshole. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. When he said that, bro, bro, me and Gary were popping off. He was like, let's go, asshole. I was like, yo, that part got me. And then the way he finishes off with Clem Hazard, like the end of Ascension is him ascending. I was like, that's so fucking cool. They didn't blatantly call it Clem Hazard because he beats your ass first. But it's just really cool. To see, <laughs> it's really cool to see how he ends it off with the Clem Hazard. It does so much damage. Uh, yeah, all of the second ones, like, for whatever reason, this is really confusing to me, too. But Barrett's second limit break that you get is blatantly his last limit break in the original game. So Catastrophe, where he, like, jumps up in the air and shoots down a gigantic energy beam. That's his level four limit break in the original game. Uh, you don't get it until, you know, close to the end of the game, of course. And they just gave it to him already in fucking Midgar. So I'm like, what are they going to do with these limit breaks? Like, I'm I'm sure Cloud's still going to end up with Omni Slash at the end. because They're going to be, be correct. Oh, Omni Slash, because Omni Slash is a part of the story, too. too. Yeah, well, you can't get Omni Slash until the end. Yeah, it's part of the story. Like, it's not even just, yeah. it's not like one of those well, you know how they like to give Omni Slash versions. They, they might do. give you like they, they might give you like proto like Omni Slash proto or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, like, no, you're right. We're getting yeah. the final one. Omni Chop, Omni Slice, and then Omni. <laughs> on the topic of Omni Slash, I watched a three-hour freaking lore theory video oh, front to back God. of Final Fantasy VII remake, 
And apparently that scene at the end where right before he seven Sephiroth says seven seconds to the end mm-hmm. when when they're they like they have like a regular fight animation. Yeah. Um apparently Cloud is doing Omni Slash in that animation if you watch it closely. Oh he, shit. It's, it's, he does Omni Slash, and then you can see Sephiroth like basically stepping out of the way of every attack because he's seen it before. Oh my god. If that, yeah. that's too much. That's, that's what that's that's, that's what they're, they're like. You can much. literally match up his movements. It is Omni Slash, and Sephiroth has just seen Omni Slash before. Oh my god, yo! <laughs> I'm not ready for what's to come because that part. I know what you're talking about. It's the CG scene where they're both fighting, and yeah. I remember I couldn't believe how well that that part came out because I thought they were going to keep the fight relatively grounded. But there's a part where Cloud starts flash stepping blatantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you literally see Cloud running up. Like he gets angry. So Sephiroth <laughs> makes him very angry. And he starts running towards him and he goes left teleport, right teleport. And I was like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck is going <laughs> on? What is that? And then he appears behind Sephiroth and his sword like it starts to come to Sephiroth's neck and Sephiroth just puts his sword behind his back like this. He's seen it all before. Yo, the way yeah, he just blocks yeah. the attack by putting his sword on his own back like that, I was like, this guy is too calm in every situation. <laughs> like, you should not, but now you're telling me this, Chris, that like, basically it's because he's seen what's going to happen. He's blocking everything. He, he's dodging everything because he already knows how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. Sephiroth is, uh, is Aaron Yeager. He's, uh... Yes. That's what he's <laughs> Honestly... giving me. Honestly, but that's why, like, when when I was playing through it and people were, like, in the chat, like, oh, how are you fighting Sephiroth already? You're not supposed to be fighting him and all this shit. And this isn't really a true remake. And I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. This is dope. Like, I'm like, this is dope. Like, what do you want? This is cool. It really is. You don't want a true remake. You just (laughs) don't. You don't actually want that. That's true, though. The piggyback on what you said earlier, uh, like, to talk about Pokemon. The Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes are the worst remakes they've ever done for Pokemon because they've tried to do quote unquote like faithful remakes and they're honest they honestly just feel lazy and cheap and they're not <laughs> all that interesting. Whereas uh Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire or Harkwell Soul Silver, they're remakes, but they're more celebration games and they've they take what the original games were and like push them further. And those games are so well regarded and talked about very fondly years and years after they came out. Harkold Soul Silver was on the DS. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire was on the 3DS. But uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, this is how they're looked at now. And going into the future, how they'll ever, only ever be talked about is how much of a missed opportunity they are and how, like, yeah, whatever, they were just like what they are. Like, they're good games because Diamond and Pearl were good games, but they're not good games because they're it's like you could just play Diamond and Pearl. Like, right. They're yeah. useless remakes. Yeah, you can't you can't just say I'll just play Final Fantasy Seven as opposed to remake. They're not it's not yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. There's not a substitute for you know, I can just play the old one. This doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah and there's something so always different. to be said with like Yeah. There's something to be said for like you develop a game for the technology that you have at that moment. And yeah. if you if you let the limitations of twenty three years twenty seven years ago or whatever limit your remake, it's just a wait, why would you? Right. Yeah, I mean, I already played FF7. I love FF7, but I already played it. I don't, if I want to, I can play it again. Yeah, I can play yeah. FF7, right? I will. So, I, I mean, I'm going to at some point. At the point. remake, what they did with the remake was so interesting because we've talked about how, you know, to change the story, but they fleshed out all the different things. And I don't know, it's just really enjoyable. Like, um, even, okay, like Fraser was saying, Barrett, for example, in FF7, like, yeah, when you press attack, he shoots his gun, but, like, he is essentially just a DPS character. Like, 
He's an RPG character, but when you play as Barrett in FF7 Remake, you're getting a whole different play experience. He feels very I, different than everybody else, too. If like, I play through the game and it's like, I want to be a Barrett main or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll play through most of that game and the situations where I can use Barrett, it's like, I always use Barrett. I'm going to have a different play experience than somebody's like, well, I'm always going to use Cloud or I'm always going yes, to use. A very, very different experience because Barrett is meant to kind of stay back. And especially, well, the good thing is Barrett has two types of weapons. He can use ranged weapons or he can use the like cannonball scissor type weapons too, which is really cool that he's one of the only characters that has that option. He fights completely different depending on what you have equipped. But in the beginning of the game and for a long time of the game, Barrett is the character when something is far away that Cloud can't really reach easily. Uh, he just stands back and shoots it. And then he can also like power shot it. You know, his limit break in the original game, he can just do that. Like he just fucking power shot. And it's yeah, really that cool. Was, that's that's the thing. whole way they introduce him in the remake is like, there's like some shit on the wall. Yeah. I can't get to it. And Barrett's like, pop, pop. Lilith's yeah. shit to me. Yeah. It's really, uh, and, and then later on, you start to realize his role because he has the most HP in the party. Uh, he has the most defense. So he could really tank hits. And he has a move where he has an ability where he will take hits blatantly. It's like cover essentially. But he yeah, will take hits. Him. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. It make it buffs him and it makes it where he takes more hits. So he has a, a a specific role, and like Tifa is so fast that no enemy can catch her in the game. So like her run speed in battle is the fastest out of anyone, and you, she cannot be caught. And it's insane how fast she moves. So she could oh, back satisfying. and she could back attack every enemy. And back attacks actually matter. Like going behind an enemy and attacking them does more damage and everything. So it's, and it staggers them quicker. Speaking of which, we didn't even mention that, but like the combat system, like the whole stagger thing, and like when this says uh, pressured, like that's new too. That's completely new. That wasn't a thing before. But if you stagger an enemy, they basically can't act for a while and they take a shit ton more damage. Which they picked that up from 13, I believe. Yes, 13? that is taken that? straight from 13, but just done yeah. way better. And you basically, if you know the monster's weakness, so like everyone knows when you fight any robotic monster, use thunder on it of some sort, either through your weapon or have an elemental material equipped or just actually casting bolt. And that shit will put up their stagger. I mean, sometimes it staggers them immediately. Like that shit might just stagger them off of one bolt. Like, oh, this monster, this, this, this robot just crashed down. When you fight that, that one thing in the beginning of the game, it's that one uh, robotic. It has like the two arms that are cannons, essentially. And it's like on a the the legs like conveyor belts that kind of moves it around. You guys know what I'm talking about. Probably it's it's like yellow and black. Uh, but yep, you fight yep. that thing and you just use bolt against it and it immediately staggers and you just go up to it and use braver a couple times and that shit's slight work. But yeah, I, I love that. Also, that first boss fight against the scorpion is wild in a remake. It's so cinematic. Like in the original, in in the original it actually feels pretty cool too because like oh it's preparing its tail laser and it like lifts the tail laser up and it, like if you attack it it'll counter attack right and do that laser move that does a shit ton of damage when i was younger i didn't know that i wasn't supposed to attack when it does that but like in the new one it still does that but they made a cinematic where it jumps out of the battle and starts crawling against the walls and shooting missiles down that you actually have to actively dodge the missiles that are like about to crash down on your platform then it does the thing where it's preparing the laser you guys have to take cover behind some debris and like wait for the laser to pass and then like run back out there and attack it. Like all of that shit is just, it makes the boss yeah. fights way more cinematic and just. The game feels a lot more cinematic. The action sequences paired with the RPG mechanics. Honestly, that's like something I really love. Like action games are fun. I love RPG games. But when you really get a game that can pair at, like at an action game system with RPG mechanics, yep. like at least for me, like I get a lot out of that. I know yeah, some people like hate RPG though. mechanics and they just want pure action games, that's not really me. Like, you pair those mechanics together, oh my god. That's part of what makes Kingdom Hearts so great, and I like that they took 
some of the African hearts, like you'll be fighting a boss king of hearts, and then out of nowhere, it'll say press triangle to do the react, and then that'll just cause a cinematic to happen. And now you're like doing this little mini game essentially that like changes the entire dynamic of the fight, and then the boss might evolve from that point. And one of the great is that like this doesn't because I remember when Final Fantasy 15 was about to come out and they were showing stuff about it, mm-hmm. and people were like, Oh, Final Fantasy is just gonna become Kingdom Hearts, and a lot of people were bitching about I that. I did see that. And I remember that. I cannot tell you how different Final Fantasy 7 remake and Kingdom Hearts 3 are. Yeah, you know, it's like, not even the same. Final Fantasy 15 had to, I guess, collapse so that Final Fantasy 7 remake could run, but uh <laughs> But, yeah, that was definitely the trial run for this game, I feel like. When you really look at the systems that they use, they're so similar, but Remake just corrected a lot of things that were wrong. Like they, like you, how you always talk about the slowdown mechanic where you're choosing an option. Oh, it's so good. It's so... Because things are still... Because like in the original, right... Things are still happening they while are. you're deciding what to what to do. You can take damage but, while it's happening. It's not like it yeah, just completely yeah, exactly, stops it. Exactly. But you know, it's it's still giving you an ample amount of time to, to strategize and yep. be like, right, that's what I'm going to do next. Yep. You know, so it's yeah, it's it's all so well done, and I can't I can't say how like playing Kingdom Hearts three and then playing King. I mean, and playing Final Fantasy seven remake, they're completely different games. You know, like. Yeah, it's they just, don't feel I, the same at all. Kingdom Hearts is definitely has it's more of an action game than yeah. Final Fantasy is. Like it has RPG mechanics that it pairs in, but it's definitely more of an action game, more tactile, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like so another cool thing that wasn't in the original, but you fight the big bomber, right? The one that destroys the bridge and makes Cloud fall. Uh, but before you get to it, there's like this whole section of the game where you're going through the Shinra facility, uh, the reactor, and you're choosing how you want to fuck on this robot in the boss fight later on, which, Oh yeah. To someone who's never played the game before, like Chris, you never played the original. That part was just like, okay, I'm just choosing what I don't want to go against. But for me, who I know his most dangerous attack is big bomber. So as I'm going and choosing, what do you want to take away from the fucking robot? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, bombshell. Like, I just immediately took the bombshell. Oh, really? Oh, okay. In that part, I was just like, man, I was going to pick some nonsense. Like, yeah, I didn't care. It matters. I didn't think hard about it. It mat- Like, technically, it doesn't matter which one you choose technically because you're going to beat it regardless, I assume. But, like, yeah. if I'm thinking about, oh, in the original, I remember the one attack that it did that just did way too much damage was, like, the, it was the big bomber attack, essentially. And you just take that shit away. Uh, or you could be like, I want a challenge and leave it. And, you know, there you go. But I like the fact that you could fuck on that robot with key cards. If you, and you had to find them, too. It was optional. Yeah, yeah. It was completely optional. That. You could actually just speed yeah. on that facility and not get any of the key cards if you wanted to. Or not use them. You could choose to just not use them. And mm. just go fight the boss at full power. Uh, but I thought that was cool. And then, obviously, when you fight it, in the original game, they split up clouds on one side. And uh, Barrett and Tifa, I believe... Are on the other side of the robot and as you fight it it'll switch who's it's who it's attacking it's the same exact way in the remake which i thought was cool like in a remake you yeah. guys are kind oh, of that's oh, that's crazy there's yeah. so many little ways where like the game interacts with players that have played the original final fantasy 7 the game holds up for me hold holds up holds up super well even with if you don't have that but yeah. like yeah when i talked yeah, to you it was like oh my god i didn't even realize they were doing yeah. that i didn't even realize yeah, that happened it's done very well. It's a game that works very, very well for new players. They they can enjoy it without feeling overwhelmed. You can enjoy the game without feeling like you need to play the original seven. Like you don't need to play seven to enjoy that game. You don't. Um, and then if you played seven, it just also gives you it additional just things it. to enjoy. Yeah. Something I wanted to sort of ask real quick for both Chris and Ant. What's like um something that we haven't talked about, but like something about FF7 remake that because I know both of you guys re- like. 
I know Chris was saying, like, I, I just I can talk about this game forever. I want to talk like what's something that you really want to geek out about about FF seven? Uh just like to highlight, talk about, geek out about something um about the game and we can, you know, make it a quick topic. Talk about anything. I'm trying to think of something we haven't talked about. Yeah, we haven't talked we've about a lot. I mean, what, my my, my yeah, thing is, it's something that we've that we've talked about. It, it's essentially the the entire end where they confirm that yes, this is a requel. This is not a one to one remake of Final Fantasy yeah. VII. Because and, when they're when they're like uh, basically like inside of like all of that chaos, and they start getting memories. Yes, they start getting memories of things that they have yet to experience. Yes. But, you as the audience have experienced before and then especially when they started pulling shit in from from advent children i was like whoa what like yeah. i don't know if like people noticed but some of those memories were from advent children huh and and i was like that's i was like that's insane that's promising they might yeah, actually yeah. make a game out of it that might become after we're done final fantasy 7 remake you know however many episodes this is going to be Maybe Evan Children will be the next progression. People will play it. It's not if you play every other episode. It's like I'm not going to stop there if they're going to make more. Yeah. yeah that whole no. Yeah, but something that like something that uh oh what? No, no. I was just saying that whole that whole Arbiters of Fate part just like really kind of it really like brought me into it. Yo, in those three are the fucking three clones, time. right? Yeah, yeah. We I don't remember what episode of the podcast that was, but Kadaj, we were talking about this and something. I forget the other one's name. The Yazid. three. The three, I don't remember if it gets confirmed in game or not. I think we looked it up, but I don't remember. What yeah, when you look it up, though, they use the but same weapons and everything. When I saw it, when I saw Ant play through it, my I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I, I was like, "I think those are I, the only name I ever remember is Kadash. I yeah. always forget the Kadage, other Kadash, Laws, and Yazoo. I think are their names, something like that. But yeah, I was like, "Those are the three. Like those are from like those Phantoms. They're like red, blue, and green, yeah, or red, are. blue, and yellow, right? Yeah, red, blue, oh, like, those things. Yeah, they're yeah, from, and, and they fused to make Muhammad fight and." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like just, you know, as, as someone that's, you know, made multiple D and D campaigns and like, you know, run stories to tell having like your main villain go to a different timeline and change (laughs) it. It's such a cool concept. It is a cool concept. It's dangerous, but it's cool if you do it right. Yeah. And that's just this thing. You got to do like the time shenanigans. Right. And it seems like they're, Seems also, like right. the three-hour video I watched basically just hammered in the point that the live stream is memories, right? In the first place, the live stream is all memories in in the sense of like the memories of like destiny itself, right? Everything that's ever happened is contained in the live stream already. So I, I think I have this concept in my head. The way that I've been looking at it is just that like all Final Fantasy VII media before this game were us in the live stream, and we are now out of the live stream, and oh, wow. this is the first real set of like this is the real timeline or whatever um obviously like that's my take on it just so i have something to justify it with but that's why i've been thinking about how i've been thinking about it i like that they showed a flash of cloud holding Arif's body and like yeah yeah dipping her in that river or wherever he leaves her at when when she when she dies in the original game they they do a flash there's like a lot of quick flashes at the end of the game where he's fighting against sephiroth but that's one of them and i was like oh shit those are new right oh yeah are those new were those were those like from other games later that had like better quality cutscenes. No, that, that's from, they, that's those are from new. Advent Children. That was okay. So oh, that okay. Specifically, was something they lifted from Advent Children, but in Advent Children, it was like a no, but it's a new cutscene. Yes. It's not like a yeah, rip. Yeah. It's, it's not, not a one to one. It's it's not they, like they a remade from that. Yeah, yeah they, it is yeah, a new cutscene in engine. Yeah, but it is based on things that we have seen before. Yes, yeah. like um, we know that that does actually happen. It 
of course it hasn't happened yet in the game, but they they completely remade the scene for remake. Like, um, that, that's what that's what makes it so interesting because the so the the biggest the the most heartbreaking part of Final Fantasy VII is that Aerith dies. Yeah, everyone knows but, that Aerith yeah. dies. I- but like in the context of the game, she had to die in order to defeat. Sephiroth and yeah. stop here and yeah, she had to become one with the live stream and then right and she used that. But this does really make you question: like, is there going to be a way to stop Sephiroth, Meteor, Genova without her without Aerith having to die? Also, did and they mention like the did they the mention game. her material that's like in her hair at all yet? Yes, did they do. Mean- they mentioned it once, and I remembered it because it, as someone that's never played it, it was very very weird. But like at okay. once she literally points to her ponytail and says, like, I have a material up here that my mom gave me, but it doesn't do anything. And then they just move on. Okay. I was like, why? Why? What the heck? And they okay. never brought it up. Because I was waiting the whole game for them to say something about it. They just never said anything about it. I was like, okay, whatever. Man. And whatever. I don't Keep I don't know. Keep it waiting. wasn't yeah, it wasn't in that three hour video. I okay. don't know what it That's was. good to know. That is good to um, know. Something that's interesting, I can't remember because it's it's been since the game came out since I saw the cutscenes. I don't remember specifically. Do you guys remember when Sephiroth shows up and with all the whispers? I can't remember what the conclusion is. Does he end up does he kill the whispers? Does he absorb the whispers? Because I remember that was a big talking point as to like going forward to part two. Like some people thought that Sephiroth absorbs the whispers, and so he's going to be in more control of the timeline. I think that he absorbs them. Or some people thought he just straight up killed, like killed the whisper, so that they can't interfere with him changing either, the timeline. Either way is bad. The latter. I thought it was the yeah. latter because, like, they are essentially the guardians of the timeline. Right. And They're making like, sure that shit happens the way it's supposed to. And he Zach being it, alive. So. Zach being alive is supposed to be the like the symbol of the timeline being just completely Dude, screwed. Right. I saw that yeah. cutscene as a huge Zach simp. I saw that cutscene, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm still. Until like future parts of the game comes out, I'm st- I'm not going to let myself believe he's actually alive. Oh no 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 no! Integrate, integrate, integrate. Uh, well, I I just need until I get actual proof. I haven't seen inter- any integrate yet. Exactly. But there's a cutscene. There's a I Zach need to s- integrate. Good, but I've seen because in the original game there's a Zach cutscene that sort of yeah, hints yeah, yeah. him still being alive, and I was just like. Oh man, I can't. I can't. I gotta keep it half chub. Yeah. I'm not gonna no, get no. too if, hard. If you play, if you eventually play Integrate or like watch a playthrough of it or something, there is a much more concrete second cutscene with Zach, which I guess could still be a dream sequence. It's hard to say, honestly. Yeah, that to say, background. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's not only because. Okay, so remember you're going through the game and you see like those. Uh, you see like those tags of like the dog, the hound, the the like the the it. Like Avalanche brings it up. Uh, it's you. No one knows what I'm talking about. I don't the, play the, the, the dog that's on. You're too into it. I, I can't follow I it. <laughs> you keep Not saying. I just keep thinking of Dog Street, which is like one of the go-to clothing brands in Square no, 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 no. So, so like the first time you see it, I think, or the first time it's brought up is when you are underneath, like the uh, and you're in like the sector tunnels, and you're on your way to go. I forgot. Um, and uh, this is the tunnels where you have to use play those stupid uh, mini game kind of with the arms that move and they lift up the. No, 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 no. not that one. It's where it's where they get separated and like they have to go. Where Baron is shooting boxes above you to get mm-hmm. items. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I think 
Barrett brings up the the fact that there's like these like graffiti tags of this dog, and I'm pretty sure it's like I a helmet. Vaguely oh no! That. I do. Yeah, so, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So if you notice throughout the game, you see the same the same style of like the the art of the dog in the in the helmet, but in the cutscene at the end with Zach, it's like on a piece of paper or something like that. It's the same tag, but it's like a different dog. Mm-hmm. Like it's like drawn differently, as if to indicate it's the same thing, but in a different timeline. How dare you notice a thing like that? How could you do this? What's wrong with you? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that like definitively like says like, yes, it's the same. It's like, you know, it's Zach from a different timeline, not Zach. From None this of one. us are ready for Nibbleheim's flashback in the remake. I'm just letting y'all know that now. <laughs> we are not ready. We are not ready. We are fucking not ready. Like all of that part where Sephiroth <sighs> loses his shit. And goes evil for the first time when he's in that library reading about Genova and how she came to the planet and they experimented on her and misused her and all that shit. And he starts losing his mind talking crazy. And Cloud's like, well, not Cloud, but Cloud is like, what the fuck are you doing? You burned down the village. Like, you killed all these people. And Tifa's there and you pull her out of a burning house and all that. Like, that entire sequence, when you see it in Unreal Engine, is going to look phenomenal. Also, that music oh, that just- they play. There's no way the biggest twist of the series of the remake isn't in there. Like something's gonna happen. Yeah. With oh, Sephiroth, that's because like the the basically every time a key moment has happened in the original, Sephiroth has done something to mess it up, right? Oh, like yeah, that's that's like yeah, because that's what he's doing. So he's he's for sure targeting that moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like he knows that that's the one he has to change. That's the other thing that's very exciting is that it this being this remake. What they've done with it is they they've made it exciting for people that have already played FF Seven because now we don't know what's going to happen we have either, no idea. and that's really yeah. exciting. Like, on addition to because usually it's just exciting. I'm excited to see this in new graphics or whatever, right? Like, it's cool. Yeah. It'll have voice acting, whatever. Yeah. But now it's like I'm excited to see what happens because even though I know the plot, I don't know the plot. Yeah, and what's cool is that they actually play to us too the people who do know what happens in the other game because they give us still a lot of the game is still stuff that we do know like golden saucer will be in the game uh, cosmo canyon will be in the game the beach area that you go to or the submarine part of the game where like red 13 a beach area never mind yeah Don't there's a beach that. area and then there's a part with red 13s and us like a uh a costume of somebody who's in the navy right like he's standing on two feet because you know he's a you know he's a fox or not a fox but he's a dog and he's like standing on his hind legs and he's like wobbling because he's trying to pretend like he's a human. It's like a really funny part of the game. They'll probably figure out a way to incorporate that or maybe not. But the fact that we know that there may be, because you find Genova on that ship. Like, a mini a game ship. where you balance a dog. Oh man, fuck that fight with Genova on the ship. Where anyway. Sephiroth just comes out of nowhere and he's like, all right, deal with this. Oh man, I fucking hate that so yes. like imagine imagine being like uh like a 12 year old and doing that fight yep. and you're just like out of man out of nowhere is like genova life genova death genova birth you play all those different forms of genova and sephiroth just trolls you throughout the series he comes out of nowhere and he's like all right deal with this version of genova now um also in the original game he like kills president shinra and like leaves his sword in his back when you find him in the original game and oh. in the remake I know he stabs Barrett, but I forget President Shinra. What ends up happening to him? Like he gets stabbed by Sephiroth. He does because get stabbed. remember 
So yeah. so you, you come up into the which that whole like that whole part of following like the uh the trail the of of Genova juice yeah. uh just like was so it had such an ambiance to it. Yeah. But Very scary you get, shit. You get there, Shinra's he's hanging from like the ledge, and then you save him, and then Sephiroth's oh. like I yeah. kill him. Yes. Yes, I forgot that Sephiroth shows up right there as well, um, and then that's when his uh, his son comes right, and then you have to fight him and his dog. Yeah, that's that fight scene. It's really that was the best. That was my favorite fight in the game. Each of Rufus's legs has its own trench coat bottom. What <laughs> the heck is going on with him? Wait, he came out. Came out Rufus is designing three trench coats at the same time. I don't. He's the man. Real quick, on that note of Nibelheim, have. Have you guys seen the like Final Fantasy anime? It's an OVA. It's like one episode OVA. The Final Fantasy Last Order. I've seen it. Where, no, dude? Oh my god! So you know, you said you've seen Advent Children. If I remember correctly, it it kind of came out with a special or a limited edition of Advent Children. You can just find it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, but it's called Final Fantasy Order. Last Last Order. Yeah, Final Fantasy Seven Last Order, and it's an anime. Um, and it is the events like right after Nibelheim and. I would definitely suggest just checking out watching it. It's really, really cool. But that's just like another thing. Like seeing all those events and seeing how that's going to be done here in um in this game is very, very exciting. Like, cause if I remember like what happens in that OVA, you don't necessarily see those events in the original game. And so like if they bring that into the remake, like that's really exciting to see. Yeah, honestly, there's been so much Final Fantasy media between Crisis Core, pre-Crisis, after Crisis, all the whatever Crisis is, and then Dirge <laughs> of Cerberus, and like I probably have to just replay original oh, Final cool. Fantasy VII just okay. to like make sure that my memories of what is what don't get mixed up. All right, just just as long as you 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 don't have to replay Dirge of Cerberus. All right, I know, I just, know, I know. You can just look oh, wait, at cutscenes. I think Integrate is Dirge of Cerberus characters. I think I was looking up where these characters in Integrate came from. Well, wait, I just all wait, wait, I want to tell you because Dirge of Cerberus is a Vincent. Am I, or am I wrong? Dirge of Cerberus is one of the worst I'm, games I've ever played. Never played it before. Uh, I skipped it. It got terrible, 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 terrible reviews, and <laughs> I was like, "This is some sauce." I like Vincent as a character. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, I just do not feel like spending at the time when it first came out, like fifty bucks or whatever, on this game. I just wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't That's at Crisis Core. Crisis Core, light and dark guys. I love Crisis Core. Bahamut and Crisis Core looks so. The gold Bahamut. Oh my god. Well, also, are they gonna make? Because Yuffie's an optional character in the original, right? She is and optional so in the original. Yes, they so do. Awesome. Yes, what does that mean? Like you can play the whole game without getting. Yes, her at you all. can. You yeah. can. You yeah. can skip what? both of those characters. You can skip Vincent yeah. and Yuffie. Um, so is Vincent are Vincent and, and Yuffie going to be optional? No, nah, I don't think they will, though. Because huh. so, integrate already being a thing, and like you know, Yuffie being the main character using integrate, and also the amount of detail that goes into how the characters play. Um, they'll be and, damned, <laughs> yeah, they'll be damned, but also how fleshed out the story is and how integral they're making these characters and like being able to see these different perspectives. One million percent. I don't think there's going to be optional party members. I yeah. think all of the characters will be worked into the game, and it will be mandatory because their perspectives and the story that they give is like that's true. That's kind of the point of the game. Like they're they they want you to see on experience all of this. Yeah. So I don't think they'll be optional. Yeah, yeah, the reason I can't, like, yeah. The reason I can't believe that like Jesse and Biggs and Wedge weren't 
weren't huge characters before is because like they foil Cloud so well, and they mm-hmm. like add so they add so much to Cloud himself as a character that it's hard to believe that Cloud even worked as a character without them doing what they did. Well, I guess yeah. they, he did anyways, but like it's it's crazy. There's you, a like, section of the remake where you go to one of their house, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. go to all their houses. You go to like. Biggs, yeah. Biggs is like sweeping in front of his house because he's too nervous and like. Yeah, that shit is really cool to me that you yeah, actually have to see their like, living arrangements. You know, you you owe me a you owe me a pizza date. Yep. Dude, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then she's then she dies and she's like, "You sold she me t- that pizza date." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're going to save her. We're going to we're going to save her, dude. When we is saw Charles Biggs alive, is it only Biggs? That's at the end of the game, you see know. Biggs like wake up and you're like, "Oh shit, there's a chance. There's a chance, baby." Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Though this whatever they're going to do with this, I'm just wondering how many parts it's going to take because we only did the first six hours of the game. How many discs are there in the original? Yeah, three, right? So probably will probably be three parts. If they make me buy a PS6, I will scream. <laughs> I'll scream out loud. You'll hear me from wherever okay, you are. I'm with you on that. If I have to buy, will, if the yep. generations change while this shit is still ongoing, I will be mad. <laughs> <laughs> you'll hear us. You'll hear a scream from the distance. You'll say, "That's Chris finding out he has to buy a PS6 yeah. for for four thousand dollars or whatever the scalpers are selling it for." Yeah, I think for me, I'm just like I haven't bought the PS4 version. I just you know, like I said, I watched Ant play it. I think for me, like for FF7 remake, like I'm only buying the PC versions, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not buying I'm, four different the, consoles. So like, I'm actually a little mad about the fact that the Integrate only came out on PS5 and PC um, because I played Final Fantasy VII Remake on my PlayStation 4. and yeah. Oh, you can skip it. If you buy the PC version, there's a button all the way at the beginning that's just like, skip skip to the skip to the freaking DLC. Okay. Nothing carries nothing carries over anyway, oh, so you can yeah, play they, the DLC. They're, they're independent of one yeah. another. Yeah, what yeah, Fraser's yeah. saying is that it's annoying that... It's still annoying, like, yes. He played FF7 Remake and like He's going to have to play the next one and even integrate. It's like a whole different because co- integrate yeah. like, uh, OK, for part two, I understand it's like because FF7 remake came out at the end of the PS4's life. I get that part two is going to be on the PS5, but integrate is like a DLC. So yeah. why wouldn't it be on PS4? Like it's attached yeah. to Final Fantasy VII remake the first part. That's what that's yeah. what yeah. kind of gets me. Like I'm like, OK. It's so. because like at the end of the day, when people were complaining that splitting it up into three parts is a cash grab. They're right, right? Like yeah, this game is being structured as a cash grab. That's that's odd, but they need the cash. They need it. Look at what they made. Not only that, that is but, true. Uh, yeah, I was about to say this doesn't feel like um you gave me just Midgar and padded it out. It doesn't. It genuinely does not feel like that. It just feels like yeah. you in- enhanced the story and gave me way more details that actually do matter in like character development. I'm never mad at character development. Like, yeah, that I was annoyed. I was annoyed when I found out it was like just part one, just Midgar, when I first heard about it, because in my head, I was like, y'all really going to make me wait five years to give me eight hours? Like, for real? Like, yo, like FF7 remake finally got made, made and you're just giving me Midgar? Right. But then when I realized that they gave you a 40 to 60 hour game in yes. Midgar, and they, they expanded the life of that world so much, it's like, oh, this is fucking amazing. Yes. I want every game to do this. Yes, I, and I legit reason, would not mind remakes of other games done in this fashion. Go ahead, uh, Anthony. The reason why Kenny feels that way is because, you know, on a daily basis, you're just kind of like, fuck you, Square Enix, because <laughs> I know that on a daily basis, I'm like, fuck you, Square Enix. This game is one of the few instances that I'm like, all right, I'll give you a break today. I'm going to fuck you to most companies, man. Yes. Yeah, if you live long enough, you will be fuck you to most companies. 
especially Square Enix. Square Enix is at the top of my list of fuck yous because yeah. they just do what there's a lot that they do. I've been on that. fuck you to Capcom, Nintendo, Apple, Sony, Microsoft, like literally was- everybody. Yeah. And at times like this, Square Enix is not the reason this happened, right? It's it's the it's like the director in them probably oh, yeah. like forcing Square Enix to let them do it in the first place. Like if anything, Square Enix probably pr- tried to stop it a couple times, I would assume, because that's usually how like development of a new like something just a new product works. They someone just says like, "Well, why don't you do it this way? That would make us more money." And you have to keep proving why you shouldn't. And, like, optics, it's bad optics. Bad yeah, optics. <laughs> <laughs> bad <laughs> like at the end of the day, like God, they they did something really. I'm just glad that all the people that complain about things being remade that are like sacred and trying to stop mm-hmm. them from being remade. I'm glad that their voices just fell on deaf ears because this actually turned out phenomenal. And I know a well, lot it's of, interesting even like oh yeah, no, I know a lot of stuff that more so with movies when they get remade, it's always bad or they get rebooted. <laughs> it's like God, you could have left this where like leave coming to America alone, right? Like yeah. a lot of reboots are just atrocious so i get the fear of having something so sacred as final fantasy 7 being remade like the same thing if they said they were going to do a remake of ocarina of time you're going to have a lot of people who are like absolutely not right like people are going to that's just a gut reaction it's like i don't want that that's that's, that's the thing though that's what's lovely about nintendo or specifically the zelda part of nintendo is that they will never remake Ocarina of Time because if you know it, no, no, but like an, like an actual remake of it, not oh, like, okay, yeah, a remaster, like yeah. A port, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but they'll never remake Ocarina of Time because if you notice, every single Zelda game is vastly different from itself. It's like every new, well, I would say kind of slightly with the exclusion of Twilight Princess, but like every single Zelda game is like its own identity. And like they're so vastly like different from what the previous one did that like you can tell that every time they make a new Zelda, a new Legend of Zelda entry, it's like a new idea, like yeah. as far as yeah. far as like how the game is going to be played and so on and so forth. The thing that sucks about like when you look at remakes, like the Lion King remake was terrible, right? Like the quote unquote not, live action because it's not even live action. First of all, like it's all CG. It's just really, 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 really good, almost photo real CG. But the quote unquote live action Lion King is terrible. It's shot for shot Lion King, the animated movie, but with no color and no facial animation, no expression. Yep. It's just boring. And like I don't know. I guess Beyonce's a voice actor, and that's cool. But no, man, it's just like everyone knew it's it's boring. Whereas like the FF7 remake or if they've remade Ocarina of Time, if they really went balls deep and like did some crate and they made Hyrule fucking huge. Like if they remade Ocarina of Time, as big as Breath of the Wild, I'm like, all right, well, let's go. But, you know, no one's going to do that. Yeah. They're not star for ideas. I don't want it. Yeah. And no one's really asking for it. The problem was, Final Fantasy VII Remake was necessary because Final Fantasy games have been pretty shit lately. And we're being that's completely true. honest. There hasn't been a good yeah, Final Fantasy yeah. to the point where, like, I think Anthony, Anthony and I shared a sentiment, but, like, Square Enix has just been not doing it for me for a while. I played yeah. 15, and the game was awful. If I'm being completely honest and objective, that game just was not a good game. It was cool that the main character, Noctis, was basically the fourth Hokage from Naruto, but, like... <laughs> You know, after you get over the whole luster of him throwing his weapon and teleporting to it, it's like, what is this? What is the story yeah. being told here? I still, to this day, 
don't know what the storyline of 15 was. I said this to Fraser before. Final Fantasy 15 is like if somebody played a good game called Final Fantasy 15 and then remade the entire game from memory after only playing it one time, right. that's the game we played. <laughs> now, like, oh, I okay, will, I see. I will not ever jump on the Final Fantasy 15 was a terrible game because well, mainly because everybody else jumps on it and says it's a terrible game. Like objectively, it is not a good game. However, there is a good game in there. That, that's what that, I feel too. There's, there's, there's a good game. Good game in Final Fantasy. It has, yeah, it has everything in there. That it is, and and I knew, I knew when when they brought up the cosmology of the world, and I was like, huh. So someone made gods <laughs> for this world. <laughs> like the story's not there. And then I started looking into the development process, and I was like, oh, that's because this game got fucked on development. Yeah, yeah, it got like, so many times. Bro, over. do you remember there, those there original is, trailers? Definitely, there's definitely yeah, oh my God, the one where he's jumping there. through the like falling building. He's going through the hallways. There were some yeah. original yeah, tra- the original trailers yeah. for what it was called versus thirteen. Yes, the yep. original trailers for fifteen are insane. Like Noctis was on some shit in the original the, trailers. The original female character doesn't even exist anymore in the original yeah, she, FF she, versus thirteen slash fifteen trailers. I forget her name, but there it's a completely different character that's like the female for Noctis. Yeah. yeah. And then when Luna. 15 came out, it's she's it's, it's a different Luna. person, different name. It's just completely different. Like they've they changed so much. It's so interesting how much that game's identity changed. Like I would love to you know how we got the, the Snyder cut for Justice League? Yeah. Like, I yeah. would love to get the versus 13. On the cut. topic of what you just said. <laughs> apparently, so I have I have a friend that was telling me who's like a huge Kingdom Hearts fan also, but he's more than a Kingdom Hearts fan. He's a Nomura fan. So Kingdom Hearts, the person that like directs Kingdom, the, the like main story guy for Kingdom Hearts is also the guy that was originally doing Final Fantasy 13. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's Nomura. Um, and apparently at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, if you do all the DLC, there's like a secret cutscene that's shot for shot the same as the original trailer for 13 Verses, but with Yozora instead of yeah, Noctis. Yeah. Yep, yep. Apparently, that th- there's something about like, oh, we're gonna... Apparently, Nomura's really horny for remaking, making 13 Verses how he originally wanted to in Kingdom Hearts. That's what no, I... My my thoughts on that are, that is why I don't care about Kingdom Hearts anymore. That and the fact that <laughs> story the story is on a fucking phone game that i'll never He's play this. but dude i'm just like just make final fantasy 13 verses do not ham fist it into kingdom hearts <laughs> kingdom it's already <laughs> super complicated and convoluted like kingdom hearts already has enough going on don't oh, yeah. also make it final fantasy please for the oh, love man, my of name's Nomura, and i wanted oh, to make this game somewhere but okay also the so, reason why i don't really feel sympathy for it is because nomura also wanted final fantasy 15 to be a musical at some point because he saw what it. Did he really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. He saw him is. He was like, "Oh my god, Hugh Jackman!" And he wanted he wanted Final Fantasy 15 to be a musical. And Square yeah. was like, "No." It would have been more and of an identity than it had. <laughs> hey. uh, so that's why, like, when it comes to Final Fantasy 15, I'm like, "Look, there's a good game in there." I'm there, not going to the, the crazy. I'm not going to give a shit because I've never heard that before. But that is so perfect. There is a good game in there. It has all the pieces. <laughs> to be a good game it just somehow dropped the ball like it made yeah. i gave you the recipe but you fucked it up bad and yeah. I, so, I especially knew when it got to the cutscene where spoilers for final fantasy 15 where where luna dies where luna freya dies yeah. right that cutscene choked me up and i didn't even care yeah. about her right it was a very sad scene well because, i'll say this you know, like the i didn't even know she Noctis, died knocked this as a kid and he's I like she oh, got I punched. Wanted, what's this <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, okay. I thought the, he was punching her. The music That's what I thought was is happening. so good in that game. It is, yeah. And like her final farewell, and like just the emotion of it, because Noctis is like, all I wanted the entire journey here was to save you. Yeah. And all I got out of it was this damn ring. Yeah. So, and like, uh, that, was, that, that was sad. Somnus? It was a sad moment. Yeah, you, Somnus you, is so broken. That song well, is the music for the game. The Somnus, music for the game is undeniably great. Yes. So. Yoko Shimomura wrote Somnus, and she released multiple. There are multiple like best of Yoko Shimomura compilation albums, right? Uh-huh. A bunch of different Yoko Shimomura albums came out in between that trailer and the actual game coming out, and that song was on them. Like that song <laughs> literally self-sustained itself without a game for like 15 years, and then it's yeah. still relevant today, and we still hate the game. Yoko Shimomura, it's a great yeah, piece. but it's crazy. I wanted to say that on on the note of Noctis and Final Fantasy Versus 13 and Kingdom Hearts, this is something that I both love and hate about Nomura because. I think Nomura has some of the, like, some of his writing and some of his ideas is, like, the most interesting shit ever, and it draws you in so hard, but then, like, some of the final execution leaves you, like, you know, wanting more, and like, ah, damn. Like, at the end of FF7 Remake, that whole seven seconds to the end that we keep referencing, like, that little thing, it's such a Nomura thing that just gets you horny, and it's, like, it's just, like, such a little, and you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing, but another thing he does, right, as a a lot of people may or may not know, he has like a lot. Of, he puts a lot of like emphasis on names and the name of things. And I think Japanese do this a lot. Like I know that, One Piece yeah, does it a lot. It's a Japanese. There's a lot of emphasis sure. on names, right? So for example, like Sora, Riku, and Kairi. Like Sora is sky, Riku is earth, uh, Kairi is like wave or sea. And then there's like Terra, Aqua, and Ventus, which like all mean those same things, but in Latin, and it connects them to that. So the thing with Noctis and Yozora is Noctis in Latin. I think means like night. It means like night or something like something to that degree, nighttime. Yeah. Sora, as as you know, means sky, and then Yo- Yozora, this new character that people are seeing as a foil for Noctis, his Yozora literally means in Japanese night sky. So like he's oh, supposed wow. to be, he's a pairing of Sora and Noctis. Like, and whatever that's going to end up turning out to be in, um you know, the, the future for Kingdom Hearts. It's just so interesting, though. Like, the fact that his main name means Night Sky, Noctis means Night, and Sora means Sky. Like, that little shit gets me so fucking Okay, boring. so you just made me think that Final Fantasy XV is going to be in Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah. Uh, Noctis, especially. You know, Final Fantasy XV is forgotten about. It's it's a shame because, like I said, there's a cosmology of gods that, were, that are the summons. You know, like, the summons are used yes. to... Ramu, Shiva, Bahamut, which so look phenomenal, by the fucking way. Yeah. No, there were so many people that were mad that Bahamut wasn't a dragon and was like a dragon knight. I was like, that was hype as fuck. That was and like, hype. He had that voice that was like the chosen, the ring and repletion. I was like, yo, this is like some Game of Thrones shit. Yes. But uh, all that said, they're probably all going to be forgotten, which is really sad because there is there was like a lot of lore in that world. Yeah, there was. Like you said, there was a good game in there. Yeah. I often think about replaying 15. Like, I I think about it so often because after I played it, they released a ton of stuff to fill in the story. When I played it, I heard it's a better game now. That's the version I played, and I still felt like I was watching like a YouTube video titled Best Scenes from Final Fantasy 15 (laughs) with like, that's all it was. I, when I played it, it was the first week. And of course, I just beat it in the first week. And I was like, well, I don't know what I just played. I had a lot of fun with the battle system being Monado the entire time. But, uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I just played. And then after I was finished, months later, they're like, oh, we released all this DLC that like fills in gaps for all the characters. It gives all of them backstories. Like each one of them had an episode. And yeah. then there was also just like we fixed, we literally went back and patched the game with scenes that were just not in the version that you played because you had it the first week. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, like the first man, let me tell you, on the album. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Damn. That was that was dirty. Dude. Kanye <laughs> releases albums and then six months later, that same album's a new the album. The Life of Pablo like, changed happened? every week. Every single week, the Life of Pablo <laughs> changed. <laughs> what happened? But I have a question. If anybody knows, I know when 15, before it came out, there was a demo. And in the demo, you played as like Child Noctis. Is that even playable anymore? Like, if I were to go play 15, can I even play like that Child Noctis? It I've is. It is only. It is only the demo. I thought it was really. I thought it was a really clever way to do a demo because you had a summon. The summon is Carbuncle, which I love. Carbuncle. I love all of like the the underdog summons that are only in like one or two Final Fantasy yeah. games. And Carbuncle yeah. is one of those. Yeah, uh, cast reflect on everybody. So, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and he. Carbuncle you know, and he, is an integrate. Carbuncle is in Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, uh, a, he's a remake, but you have to buy. I bought the deluxe edition, and you get Carbuncle that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, you, can, you can only play. You can only play the. You can only play as Child Noctis in that demo because, like, the whole thing is like he's having a dream, and yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, that's a cool way to do the do the demo without giving away anything about the game. So you know, but yeah. it's also like, something that can enrich the the tapestry of the game. The like, summons in uh, Seven Remake are also really. Ph- There's only a few of them, but they are fucking phenomenal. Like. Ifrit is really cool looking. Uh, Shiva always, and you have to fight them through that annoying little cyborg kid, yeah, Chadley. Yeah. Chadley, um, Ch- yeah, Chadley. Cool. And then Thanks, Bahamut. Man. When you fight Bahamut for the last time, um, on hard mode, he summons Ifrit. Like you oh, go, does he? yeah, you go through these. Tr- so there's this oh, item in a game summons, summoning summons, man. What yes. the fuck? <laughs> so there. So there's this item in a game called Gata Damarong, which I believe is German, it sounds like, or something. But there's an item called Gata Damarong, and you can only get it from doing basically everything in hard mode and fighting this one boss called, like, something in peace, peace and justice or something like that. It's a big robot, but you beat the boss and you get this item. The item makes it where whatever characters equipped with it, at the start of every single battle, their limit break gauge is full immediately. Oh no! And yeah. during the battle, after they use their limit break, because you're probably gonna pop it immediately, uh, it just starts going up continuously. Their limit break just like this, just going up again. Oh my god! So I wonder what they're gonna do for FF Seven Remake Part Two. Like, are we gonna transfer our save data? Are are you gonna have everything that you have? In There's part no one way God of Damaron is transferring. Yeah. I already said that when when I got that shit in front of Gary, and I got into a battle and I used Ascension immediately. And then the bar just kept going back up. He was like, no, 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 no. That's just so. So then I was like, okay, Ascension is cool and all, but it only hits one character. So I put it on fucking Barrett and I just started every battle off with Catastrophe, which wipes the board. It just kills everything <laughs> on the fucking board. Because, you know, the whole point of every game is to break it. So I was like, yeah. all right, this is too much now. Like now I just go through and just solo everything by pressing one button. But I was like, there's no way this carries over. I also don't even know if the materia at max level, because I maxed out all my materia too. I'm like, I don't even know if this will carry over. And I don't to, know if it would be fun if it transferred over. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Thing. I think what they yeah. have to do is so in the original game, Yuffie steals everyone's materia. 
She blatantly just <laughs> this happens multiple times, by the way. She That's just literally scary. you'll go to your items. You'll like when you first meet her, you'll go to all your items and they're just gone. Like your materials all gone. Your your weapons have no material on them. And it's kind of a crazy part in the game. Like you you're kind of upset. You have to go to Wu Tai, which is her hometown, and get your shit back with without without any of it though. Uh so you're just going through vanilla characters and I was wondering when Intergrade came out, I said, oh, that's so broken. They're going to use Intergrade as like the bridge between 7 Remake 1 and 7 Remake 2 to have her take all of your broken ass material. Oh, that's interesting. And maybe she'll do something to it that makes it where like it no longer is maxed out. Like, oh, I'm giving this all back to you, but I think I messed it up. And like your Ice, Fire, and Thunder are all just at level one again. And like your Cure, because if you just start off with Curaga, Thundaga, Fyraga, and everything, yeah, there's no point. And the, like, like you don't have those spells that early in the original game. Like, you don't have Thundog. You could if you just stayed in one spot, like Destiny Island, and farmed mm-hmm. it. But like, no one's farming AP that hard in the original Final Fantasy VII just to have Thundog when you when you leave Midgar. Like, that's a bit ridiculous. So like, I don't see us having Thundaga at the start of Remake Two. Like, I feel like they're going to do something. Yeah. And I thought Yuffie would have been the perfect. Yeah, I thought Yuffie would have been the perfect way. So the character arc for Yuffie in Integrate is interesting because it doesn't have to. So she meets like a like the the avalanche that the that Barrett and them are complaining about all the time. She meets them, and then she goes on like a rena- reconnaissance mission with that branch of avalanche. In but they like pass by Tifa and them during the scene where Barrett is, I think, leaving for the second bomb run or something. And yeah. then like she sees them in the distance, and then um they're like oh those are the extremist avalanche people we don't talk to them and then they move on <laughs> and then you never see them again but then like or for, from yuffie's person yuffie never sees them again but then like at the end yuffie sees the plate falling like she also finds out that the plate's about to fall and then she also tries to do something about it and then you see her seeing the plate fall oh that's really and cool this, so it's a different perspective like, yeah, yeah yeah you see the a, a whole new cutscene for the plate falling you actually it's an actual cutscene of the plate literally falling from like yuffie's perspective and then, like, after that, it shows them walking towards Calm, and I think you can see Calm in the background or something. Uh, there's oh, that, really? like, once... Yeah, you can see Calm in the background. There's, like, a very clipped YouTube scene, like, a very recommended video of YouTube where Tifa teaches Aerith how to, like, hitchhike. All this stuff happens, but it, it, it's, like, mostly fluff, but you do see Calm in the background yeah. later, and then it starts raining, and there's, like, a thematic thing. But, like... Man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. 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 I that also that like is cares more about Wutai is like I could all these people could burn for me to get what I want basically and yeah. then like the she like starts to part two 2022 <laughs> I would like, love that's that. what I need I need that I need, oh yeah. my god no my 2022 is going to be wrapped up by Grand Blue Fantasy Relink and if Grand Blue Fantasy Relink doesn't come out this year I'll you'll also hear me scream there's a lot is coming that, out this year is Grand Blue yeah. Fantasy Relink is that still a mobile game no Relink was like? never a mobile game Relink is wow. the Platinum I just games. know what Grand Blue is. Oh, Grand Blue Fantasy is a mobile game. Grand Blue yeah, Fantasy yeah. Relink Platinum Games developed a full action RPG with the Oh, Grand that Blue sounds sick. It is unbelievable. It when you every trailer has been like, I can't this can't 
something's got to go wrong because it looks too good. Every single trailer has been like that. And the trailers are like 18-minute gameplay things. It's I like need... a freaking... Oh, my uh, God. That sounds cool. I'm going to look that up. I um, look it up. I hope... I just want a, a release date for uh, Remake Part 2. Me too. It's definitely just... seeming like, if we're being realistic, next year at the earliest, though. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not happening this year. You yeah. think they're gonna pull like a Nintendo and be like, "Here's a trailer." Also, the game's out now. And yeah, like, you know, like, Xenoblade Three. They're not, shit. they're not gonna do that. Yo, that's a yo, that's a great example. They were like, "Oh, Xenoblade 3. and I was like, "Oh," and they were like, "Now," and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> no, 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 no. Even crazier. I don't. I can't yeah. off the top of my head think of any example of this ever happening. Xenoblade Three got announced for a September release, and then a couple weeks later, they were like, "It's coming out in July," and I was like, "What?" Yeah, like weird. They got moved up. Like y'all released it sooner. Yep. Like y'all know that September is not in July, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nintendo's pretty infamous for that. Like when when you see a trailer for a Nintendo IP, you're not really you're like, oh, this could come out in three years, or it could come out in three minutes. I don't really know. You know, yeah. I guess. Relink had one of those too. Relink was announced to release like two years ago or something, and it's like changed consoles and it's changed engines and all that stuff. Yeah, um, things get scary. Yeah, and the last time they said like we're on track, but we're not going to give you a release date until nothing could go wrong. So that's what yeah, they yeah. said. That was the last announcement. Like we're not saying anything else until it's basically it's completely done, and we're just waiting to ship it. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things happening. I really hope uh, part. I don't. I hope we don't have to wait too long for part two. I'm just kind of. I don't know. As as I get older, right, I have less patience for wanting to wait long for a game. I might die, yo. Yeah, it takes so game. long for everything to come out now, and that's the one thing I don't like about modern games. And the the I always say it's because of the graphics being so absurd and how yeah. long it takes to develop. Like I I appreciate the art and the effort that goes into making what Final Fantasy VII remake looks like to make it look the way it does. I that is not lost on me. I play that shit on a 4K LG OLED TV, and it looks phenomenal. But like the fact that it can take five years for it to come out, I don't I don't care for that. And I'll trade I'll trade a faster turnaround time for less powerful graphics any day of the week. As someone in the industry, I <laughs> I'm just like, man, give me more time. I'm always like, please give me more time. Yeah, I'm sure that on yeah. you guys is in like from the side of the creative, yeah, you definitely don't want to be rushed, right? Because then bad, bad things happen. Look, man, because I, I, I told the stream, now I'm allowed to talk about it. Uh, I've been working on the newest season of Stranger Things, and I'm still just like, please, more time. <laughs> I'm like, please, more time. Please just give me more time. Well, there's a release date, homie. Get the yeah, work. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Finish it up. Uh, oh, yeah. When does Stranger Things come out? Get crunched. Like, the end I don't of this know. Month, right? Yeah. That, I know the release right. date. May 29th, out. I think. Yeah. So, it's like two. There's two different seasons for two different release dates. So. Yeah, it comes out May, and then part two comes out in the start of June. I think. Oh, is this the final season? I think I it personally, like I, don't think they've, I don't think they've said it's the final season, but I think it is. It, okay. what, the way they're what I'm hoping, building it up feels like it's the end. What I'm hoping is that it's the final season for these kids, and then like Stranger Things solidifies itself as like an anthology kind yeah. of. Like the next few seasons will be I'll like make. different kids. I right. hope this is it. Yo, if they go it's through the like, 90s, it on a high if they do it it's 90s hard. kids, I'll watch that shit because that would be our generation. Like, yeah, like that would that would be cool. That would be cool if it's like imagine getting to work on that cool. too because you grew yeah. up on, in the 90s. So that would be fucking sick if they did a version of Stranger Things with new kids that That's grew true, up yeah. in the 90s. That would be man. Well, 
Actually, I think after this, I'm. I don't want to work. I'm good. I worked on one season of Stranger Things. I'm. I'm good. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, though, uh, let me give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. So over this weekend, uh, I went to a Philly regional, and I saw a lot of people who were like, "Yo, I love the podcast," and we just released our hentai episode and everything like that. And people really, really liked that one, which I'm I'm appreciative of. Um, but we ended it was up a getting. Fun episode. It was very fun to record, but we ended up getting. Uh, like four new patrons over the weekend and I just had no idea. So I sent out links to the discord server. And if you are a patron and you don't have a link to the discord server, please message us and I'll be sure to get one to you quickly. Uh, but we really appreciate it. We now have 38 people on Patreon. So that is phenomenal. And uh, we drop exclusive episodes every single month for the Patreon that are only accessible via Patreon. Um, and we also just have video versions of the podcast that come up on Patreon as well. So if you don't want to just listen to the audio, if you actually want to see us like right now, we have a visual of all four of us, you know, for this podcast. Yes, episode. So if that's something that interests you, the Patreon also has that type of content. Um, and there's a lot of perks today you guys can read up on. Just look up I Am Nerd Podcast on Patreon.com. But yeah, for the people who have been rocking with us and who have been supporting us, we really, really appreciate it. So let me just give you guys a shout out. We have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Gabe Marini, Andre Reynolds, CJ, Dub K. Dadwan, Saw at Dabbers Gaming Cafe, uh, Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, Scott Page, Red Vines, First to Home, Dalis Fernares, Tom Wadabiki, S. Akuma, Mitchell Naus, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Chips, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, KJ, and last but not least, Doc and Ziggy. Those last four are new, Vince, Dallas, KJ, and Doc. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. We hope to bring you more amazing content uh, real soon. And yeah. Uh, as I always say, do the things that make you happy. This is a really fun episode to record. I've been talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake for a while now. It's pretty much, to me, the best game that came out during the pandemic. Um, I just really, really enjoyed this game. So, And I didn't expect to like it as much as I did because I feel like before that, it was Final Fantasy XV and like Kingdom Hearts 3. And like, I did like Kingdom Hearts 3 a lot more than Final Fantasy XV, but I just didn't expect uh, Square Enix to really come through like they did for this game. So I'm glad that we finally got this episode out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Aunt Chris, anything you want to say? Good. Shut I, up. I, oh no. <laughs> I was just gonna say I chose Aerith over Tifa every time. Leave me alone, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, I hope that, I hope she doesn't. Do, I hope she doesn't die again. Because I remember when I played the original, I was like, oh man, she died. And then I was like, wait, I was using her. Shit. <laughs> so I I think I brought this up a long time ago, but I happened to not be using her when I played through the game. So when she died, it wasn't a blow to like me training this character, but. Yeah, for people who did choose her, it just kind of sucks. It's like, well, that character's literally dead. And that doesn't usually happen in RPGs. But uh, yeah, get fucked.